What's up, bench warmers? Welcome into episode 53 of the Far End of the Bench podcast with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant. Back after our week off and uh, year two. This is the start of year two. We're super excited. We got a ton of great stuff to talk about in this episode. And then NFL season's right around the corner, only a couple more weeks away. But for this episode, we talk about the Field of Dreams game. We wrap up the Olympics, talk a lot about Gable, Gable Stevenson and what his future may entail after winning the gold medal out there in Tokyo. But uh, it's been a fun couple weeks, and we got a lot to get back into. So without further ado, before we get into all of that, be sure to follow us on social media at Pod. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Far End of the Bench. Ring the notification bell. Interact with all of us, all of our stuff. You leave comments on the YouTube. We'll respond to them. Reach out to us. Uh, comment back and forth with us on Twitter. We love getting your guys' opinion on the stuff that we're putting out. We're trying to get more interaction with you guys and bring you guys more content that you will enjoy. But... Uh, Nico, I think you know year two. We're we're about I'm to get. I'm excited to get this rolling, baby. Yeah, we're uh, we're we're a little bit deranged, maybe uh, uh, disturbed, maybe feeling a little bit manic, Ooh, possibly man. some unba- unbalanced. Ooh, this is good. Beautiful girls tell me goodbye. Trucks break down, dogs run off, politicians lie being fired by the politics. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Man, we got a fun episode. It's a brand new quote unquote season. We're in year two now, but we got some things we got to address real quickly. Obviously, uh, the biggest elephant in the room Jimmy doesn't know how to spell his favorite football team's own city. Uh, do I not know how to spell it, or did I do that on purpose because I knew it would get people talking? It's with one T, Jimmy. I know it's with one, one T. T. You, you, don't have any, one you don't have any idea the amount of hours I spent looking at it on Google just in my lifetime being like and saying it so I can remember how to write, type it out. Sin, sin, natty. Because that's how it is. There's two N's. There's not two T's. In my mind, the Italian in me was like, oh, there's two T's. Obviously. Everything has two T's. You spell Cincinnati the Italian way. I did. So I can't blame you yeah, for that. Yeah, but I did like, uh, what, we got one reply on there that said Cincinnati, T-E-E, Higgins. That was, I like that one pretty good. Uh, but no, that's obviously embarrassing. Um, but yeah, the uh, I would say the other elephant in the room, if you listen to Dago Express, you heard me talk about it a little bit on there, but uh we are gonna. We we had no longer have an affiliation with the Unhinged Sports Network. Um, you know, their situation, the situation that arose, has some uh, some layers to it. There was some things that were handled in ways that, you know, w- would I want it to happen that way again? No. Do I think that it's going to be a bad thing in the long term? No, I don't think so because you, you know, not having that affiliation on there didn't mean we stopped churning the wheels. We still had stuff brewing behind the scenes. We're just free agents, baby. Yeah, now we're, we're just, just free, free agents. agents. We're, we're LeBron James leaving Cleveland, go looking for his, for, looking for their South Beach. Yeah, no, I mean, we, I think we can still be very proud of the work that we did with the Unhinged Sports Network. I, you know, initially I felt like it was a waste of time. It's not. It wasn't a waste of time. That was for what we were able to accomplish in the time that we were there. I'll give my. I'll take the time to pat myself on the back, but uh, no, that it'll change some things. You guys will notice. We we changed some names of the segments, and uh, we'll be getting some new partnerships. So all we took all the partnership links out of our link tree. You could still uh, find our link tree in our bio at feotb pod to check out all of our other pages right now. But 
we still got some cool things coming. We have that interview with Scott DeHuff from uh, 104.3 The Fan here in Denver and now host of the DeHuff Uncensored podcast. That's going to be a, a fun time. It's not going to be the most sports-driven episode that we've ever had, but hey, it's going to be DeHuff's got some fun characters. I'm going to be I'm going to be having him throw some characters at you because I know he'll be able to um, you know, make everybody laugh and he'll tell some great stories. But that's what's been going on. We took a week off as well because, you know, 52 weeks in a row – I didn't realize how much I really just wanted a break. We need a breather. Yeah. I was telling you, I was like, I just need a breather. Just and, then, and now we we were like, all right, we took the breather. Mm-hmm. We're like, all right, now we're ready to go. Now we're ramping things up. Now we got things locked on. We're, we're locked in, as we like to yeah. say. We're locked in. Locked in. Locked in to uh, year two, and now we can get into the rest of this episode of the far end of the bench. Welcome back, Benchwarmers. Episode 53 of The Far End of the Bench. The first of our year two of the podcast. Wait, wait, Jimmy, you missed something. This episode of The Far End of the Bench is brought to you by nobody. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome yeah. to the episode. Yeah. Now taking <laughs> taking inquiries, business inquiries, our, our DMs are open, as the kids say nowadays, I think. I don't know. We're starting to get to that generation where I feel like I'm the old fuddy-duddy. Maybe it's just because I'm spending a lot of time around fourth graders now with my team that I'm coaching. I'm like... Damn, it I'm happens. Old. It happens. Damn. I'm old. He's like, wait, you were born before 2000? Yes. Like, yeah, it's very, very, well, most yeah. of the, actually, my kids were all born after 2010. Yeah, which is even weirder. Yeah, yeah I don't like don't like how that feels. Uh, but we were back after our week off, our little bit of rest and relaxation, and uh, didn't mean that sports stopped happening. We we had. The Olympics wrap up. We had MLB do something that Good. was actually cool. Yeah, actually that was actually did. cool. And uh, we had preseason. The NFL started. NCAA rankings came out. So we, we got a lot to get to in this episode, plus our segments um, towards the end. But the Olympics, I know you were heavily invested, especially early on, because you, you worked with USA Taekwondo, and they were uh, among the first Winning events. Gold medals. Yeah. Winning gold medals. Winning gold medals so among the first <laughs> events that were taking place. And then I kind of got my fix the wrestling was on like three days right in a row and there were some my word was it very very intense matches even it was i like the broadcast team that they had put together because it was uh jordan burroughs who's he was mr wrestling he was supposed to be on the team yeah that was the first time that he didn't win the spot in the world team in 10 years he had held that spot on the world team at 74 kilos for 10 years and now he's coming back he's getting ready for paris that's well, I was going to save that for the end, but overall, I think, you know, as weird as these Olympics were, I'm pumped for 2024 already. Oh, I'm hoping I'm there, first of all. Well, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the And side. hopefully you get, like, a spare ticket so that you can take some bum. I, yeah, I'm going to be too over the weight limit for a check bag. Oh, yeah, so. I can put you in my bag, yeah, like a little side bag. I don't think the plane's going to be like, yeah, that's too heavy. You're, you're going to have to split that. I don't know what you're doing. So I'll, I'll check it, and maybe we'll be able to sneak you in. But, yeah, um, this Olympics, it was overall absolute success obviously first of all team usa winning the most gold medals happening at the very end too yeah. with, with between the women's basketball the men's basketball i think it was uh gable stevenson which we'll talk about here in a little bit all those like last gold medals that got us over the hump over china so shout out team usa yeah. and then obviously winning the medal count which we do every that was single hand- four years the medal count was handedly overall yeah. but the gold medal came down we had some incredible performances you know the other events that were going on with wrestling too, uh, the track and field events, and we got to see 
the thrower from Colorado, like oh, we that, we mentioned her. Yeah. That's a big boy. Uh, no, the the woman who oh, the won woman the discus. Too, the woman too, yeah, yeah, she was from Silver. She went to Silver Creek High School, who I called basketball games for. But then Kovacs and uh, uh, Kraus, Kraus, Kraus. Yeah, those, those two, the shot putters, man. Uh, and Kraus, he walks up. He's got the long reddish blonde hair. Like you know, it's it's blonde, but it's red. It's yeah. it's he's a ginger, but. He can sling a 16-pound shot put oh 23 God. meters over 60 feet. Like Just kids unreal. in high school can't throw a discus that far. This dude is an ogre. But uh, and no, I, I think wrestling. I wanted to give a shout out to USA Wrestling too because they won the most. They had the most success as a team. Nine individual medals. I think they had three golds, maybe two golds, um, two golds, two silvers, and a handful of bronze. Um, but no, they I, honestly, like I said, Paris is going to be electric. I'm excited for the Winter Olympics coming up. And we'll, oh, I'm very excited. Next year? We oh, might, my God. If, if Manfred – no, yes, Manfred. No, 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 not Manfred. That's no. baseball. Yeah. It's Batman. Batman. If Batman screws up and we don't have the NHL in the Olympics – We are getting very close to that point. I I will – we're going to have to start a position. Like, I'll start a GoFundMe. I'll go full carry. Oh, trust me. Everybody's going to lose their mind when it doesn't happen. I'm going to be so pissed. You're One of our loyal listeners, it. my mom, I'll get her on board and be like, listen, we got to go full carry and organize – Organize the moms. Let's get this thing happening because we need the NHL and the Olympics because it's more fun. Like the NBA players being in the Olympics, especially now, and I think hockey's that way too. The, the everybody else is so much better that it's a competitive tournament every year. You the hockey tournaments competitive no matter what. And and like with basketball, obviously Team USA usually is right there. But like hockey, you talk about Russia, Canada, um, Sweden, Finland, yeah. USA. It's all it's. I would say it's Canada one, and then everybody else is even. Like that—that's the. And I every mean, now and then, the other other countries have teams that can compete with. Canada and sometimes too. you never know what's going to happen. Like freaking Germany, or or the last Winter Olympics got second place. Yeah. Like they shocked the world. What? And, and then obviously that was without the NHL players, so that made a little bit of a difference. But still, mm-hmm. that's just insane to think about. And. I really hope because, like I said, the Winter Olympics is so much fun to me because when you live in Colorado, it's you, you all you see is winter sports: yeah. snowboarding, skiing, uh, snowmobiling. It's hockey, the time where like everybody who lives with us we can all be like the experts. That's where yeah. people, our family members who don't live in Colorado, they reach out to us like, "So you you live in Colorado? You've been skiing, right?" And even I know you can actually talk about it, but I'll be like, "Yeah, I know you. You got to go down the mountain tip first, and all that kind of stuff. Pizza, French fry. Yeah, you you go down the mountain tip first. You're gonna be you're gonna be flying. I'll just say I, tell you I, that. But I don't. I refuse to do it because I know I didn't do it growing up, and I know if you guys can land hard enough to where like the back of your head hits and your goggles pop off, my big ass is gonna be able to like launch. I don't even know what would happen if I fell, especially on a snowboard. I don't, I don't know. And then Jeremy tried to talk me into skiing when we had him on the podcast. Yeah, I'm like, that's not going to go well uh, either. Uh, yeah. I can't do the splits. I Even in an emergency situation, I don't think that's happening. But Maybe, uh, maybe one day we'll get you on a board, but it's going to be I'll go to the ski lodge time. and drink. Yeah. That's, that's all I get you. And I'll do the, I can do the alpine slides. I like doing the alpine slides down the ski slopes, even though you I... You can't do it during the winter. You have to no, do it during the during, summer. No, during, during the winter. And when I, went on the, when I went on one last, I flipped it and rubbed my face down the fi- fiberglass, so... Yeah, I just I I tend to stay away from ski slopes, and, and that's and why he went to a school that's on a ski slope, ladies and gentlemen. Also, <laughs> you know that was fun because all the kids that couldn't afford the ski passes hung out with me because I was true. like, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna no, do it too, I missed yeah. the deadline too, man. Dang, um, but no, the Olympics were great. Um, 
Were you interested in the Field of Dreams game? We didn't get to talk about it necessarily before it happened. I but. watched it. Yeah. Like, and I bet on it. Like, I legit, mm-hmm. like, I, look, I'm going to be frank. I have never watched Field of Dreams. No. I, <laughs> I, I am not going to sit either. here. I, I love baseball movies, and I love Kevin Costner baseball movies, but I've never seen Field of Dreams. Yeah, either. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm this Field of Dreams, like, wannabe lover, whatever, but, like, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was a little bit corny, no pun intended, a little bit corny at the beginning with Costner standing out there for a full two minutes by himself. Well. I thought you could have sped up a little bit because because <laughs> when because when I watched the re, like replay of like the beginning I thought it was sick how they walked out of the corn that was mm-hmm. unreal but Kevin Costner was just standing in the outfield for two minutes like if, I, you, the, build, the, if the, you build it they will come Nico. I know but the video on Twitter was four minutes long yeah. I was like what the fuck are they doing for four minutes and then I realized Kevin Costner stood out there for two minutes yeah. which look I thought it was fantastic the game was incredible I mean like. I, I bet on it. I had fun watching it. That was one of the few games I enjoyed watching baseball. Tim Anderson worked my team over. Yeah, yeah th- that was a fucking sick. Oh, I, 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 I bet on the Yankees, too. Well, I don't. But I bet the over, which is always which that, is also that, that worked too. out in your favor. The, one, the over worked. I bet on the Yankees. I should have cashed out after this top of the ninth inning. But yeah. what the, the, baseball, the baseball and the MLB... Finally hit the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is something that should not just be two years. This is something that they should do every year. This could be their winter classic. This, honestly, this should be their yeah. winter classic. Like this is like like I'll talk about here a little bit a little bit later. But winter classic is what started it all. Because mm-hmm. not never before was an indoor arena, or whatever hockey or basketball or whatever played outdoors, and hockey is played on ponds everywhere. Yeah, and having the winter classic in these baseball stadiums or these football stadiums. Open so many doors, and baseball now like it. It was a it was it was a meaningful game too. The Yankees mm-hmm. are playing for a playoff spot. White Sox are trying obviously winning their division. Yeah. So like it was meaningful, and what everything they did with it was just absolutely wonderful. The jerseys were insane. I almost want to buy a Yankees jersey off of it because those were that sick. Like I, I get, it, everything about it was cool. I don't know if you do feel the dreams every year. I, maybe you change it up, do the Sandlot, do that would be yeah. Warmers movie, like the movie. I know we talked yeah, like the. Like, I mean, there's cool parks like uh, some of the minor league parks. Um, there's different things that they could do. It's weird. They, you can't really play baseball. You can, but it's weird in a football stadium. So. That's kind of like, out of the question. There's there's thousands of minor league stadiums. Something yeah. I saw that I think was really really interesting. Like obviously that was the first major league baseball game in Iowa. Mm-hmm. There's every state or every state in this country has some sort of game. Well, who's to say that 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 uh, Seattle and um, Toronto go play in Alaska for a game for 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 a series or something and bring the fan base there. Like there's so many different ways, so many different cool drops you could do and. Like I said, baseball stadiums, all you got to do is just add more seating to some of these stadiums. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do. And then and then it's even more valuable because there's so many th- ways you could do it. You could have, like, games games in Montana with the mountain ba- backdrop, even though no one's ever touched baseball over there. Like, there's so many different things you could do with it. You, you can't be stale with it. That's the one thing I realized. You, yeah. you, you, you knocked it out of the park, but don't stop. Don't don't say this is the coup de draw coup de gras, whatever it's called yeah. and and not build off of it. Because obviously first of all, they already named the teams for next year. 
It's the Cubs and the Reds. First of all, the Cubs, I couldn't name you a single player on their team. Not anymore. Anymore. No. No. And the Reds, obviously, they have some good players, but that's not a game I'd watch. They got Castellanos, yeah. yeah Castellanos but, and Votto. But, no, it, it, I don't know. I, the <laughs> one thing that I see with baseball, and it goes back to what you're talking about with that video, like it's too long. As somebody who hasn't watched the MLB very closely, you – like, I know that baseball takes themselves way too seriously. And way that's why Kevin yeah. Costner had the two-minute spot in the outfield. That's why they're like, oh, people will totally watch a five-minute video on Twitter. That's not what people go to Twitter for. No, That no, is no. not what people go to Twitter for. But, you know, MLB thinks that's how it works. I can see them, like, trying to be cute with this. Oh, and yeah. Which could get it worse. Yes. Honestly, another thing that that – because, I, I mean, I have ESPN always on my TV. Another thing I was watching, like – the Little League World Series is on. Mm-hmm. Why not just do more stuff with that? I think they do have something this weekend. I'm not positive. But they why not do more stuff with that? Like, you have an incredible baseball Hall of Fame, too. It's in um, Omaha. No. Right? Or no. no, it's in uh, New York. Hold on. Cooperstown. Cooperstown, Cooperstown New yeah. York. In Cooperstown. You could do so many cool things with that. Like, there's, there's – what the NFL does with a preseason game for the uh, – for Shout the, out Kendrick, who you guys heard yeah. in our interview. He played in the Hall of Fame. What game. they did for the Hall of Fame game, you could easily do for basketball. You could easily do for baseball. Like there's, there's so many easy ways to do that. And baseball, there's 162 games. Yeah. You could very easily take one series away from each, each team, make three games, and make it a neutral site and and grow the game so much more. That like if you tell a baseball Sam, you're like, you know what, you're only gonna have seventy eight baseball games instead of eighty one. I don't think anyone's gonna bat an eye. I think they'll be just fine with the probably, revenue. Probably, yeah. It's not gonna make that big of a difference. That's one thing that I'm noticing, you know, the argument that because Madden's on my mind because it's coming out here in a, in a couple of weeks. Actually, at the end of this week, um, but. They started trying to make it too literal, and the sports league started taking away the mini game modes, for lack of a better term, like the All Star game, the festivities in the NHL. They don't really televise them anymore. They could be blended a lot better, and that would be that's how you drive viewership. Because honestly, how are most kids getting in, introduced to sports nowadays through video games? Through video games or through social media, or people like yeah. watch videos of other people playing video games on YouTube. Like I know. My parents don't understand it. Like, their generation is never going to understand it. And I get it. But, like, that's big. And millions that's of huge, views yeah. are, are huge. And you can get millions of views. So, like, they're, they're getting there. And I think the Field of Dreams game was good for baseball. And like we said, they did something right. I didn't think that it was going to be good. I thought it was going to be cheesy. It uh, was cheesy, but it, it was, was good. It was good cheese. <laughs> it was good it cheese. Was, yeah. Maybe they could do It's the Field of Dreams next year. Maybe they do just old other baseball movies. So, like, next year would be Angels in the Outfield. Do something. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, do then do the Sandlot. Do uh, Sandlot could be cool. Do I mean, uh, can, the Giants can, and the and the Dodgers in the Sandlot because those are both teams that move from New York. And then you could do uh, Major League with the uh, Guardians and uh, have Major League night. I guess oh, <laughs> that'd be so weird. Though. I guess maybe you can't do that though. No, I can't think. And especially with Harry Doyle from that movie, I can't think. It's not Guardian Nation. It's Wahoo Nation. Come on, yeah. it's Wahoo Nation. Still not. I'm still not okay with that. Um, but no, Tim Anderson, I know that you're, you're okay with the taunting and the gesturing and oh everything God, like I love that. It. I, love I, it. I, I at least like he came out and, and owned it, which is cool. He was like, yeah, no, I, I put myself in a place where I'm like, I'm the baddest dude out here. And in that moment, after I hit a walk off in the bottom of the ninth inning, 
in a cornfield with nobody else around and we got fireworks going i pictured that scene that's this ending scene from sandlot or when benny hits the home run when they're playing in on fourth of july that's how that whole thing worked out for him it's like you're gonna have oh, be overcome with emotion. that's that's electricity like the bad flip love. was probably wrong but it felt right i, I saw an interview with tim harrison that i thought was hilarious with the dan levitard show and they asked him it was like are you a student of the game is there anyone else you like watching in baseball he's like i fucking hate watching baseball he's like it's so boring that's he's, what he a, said. he's another brooks kepka that's exactly what he said he's yeah. like it's so boring <laughs> and you know what I will tune in to White Sox playoff games. I said playoff games, not regular season games, because I'm not that big of a weirdo. Playoff games to watch Tim Anderson. Because the dude makes the game fun. Because he's just so exciting. Guys like him, and it hates me to say this, but guys like Fernando Tatis as well, like, it's fun to watch. It works for that. That's what baseball's got to do. It works for that fan base, too. The South Side of Chicago, like, they're. The, the bad boys of Chicago. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's where Leroy Brown is from. That's the, the that's the side of Chicago that you go, like the Cubs are the nice the suburbs. Like the Cubs own all of those houses that are behind Wrigley Field, and then the White Sox they have the cheating scandal back in in the nineteen teens, yeah, whatever it was with the Black Sox. But like, it's grimy. It's a little bit dirty. They're a little bit out there, like uh, Mean Machine in the Longest Yard. That's. I think that's why people are paying so much more attention to the White Sox this year. Because honestly, their division sucks. Oh, they they are. I think they're, I'm, they're I, running away with it. They're ten games ahead. I, th- I think I saw something where the Rockies would be nine games out for something, or, or of the White Sox, or may or they'll yeah. be in second place in that division or something. They would be. Like that. No, yeah. it, that division is not good. There's not a lot of really good divisions in oh, baseball. There's, this year. There's, there's like two, and that's it. The East is the AL East is going to get. Three teams in the playoffs probably because right now it's the Yankees and the Red Sox. And the NL West will get three teams as yeah, well. Yeah, <laughs> but they shouldn't. That, that shouldn't be how it works no. because there's not three teams good enough in either of those divisions to really make a difference. But uh, um, do you, I, I, we didn't put it on here, but do you want to talk a little bit about some of the summer league? Because I know you've been watching because oh, I saw it this morning we've been, we're reti- retweeting Bones now. Oh, we are. We are a Bones Stan podcast. Wait, get, along still with Faku and everybody too? Oh, 100%. He just joins the gang He now? just joins the gang. Okay. And this, this kid, like I'll talk to him about a little, a little bit later, but I love summer league because it's NFL preseason, but on steroids because – you don't see any stars. It's all rookies. It's all guys fighting for jobs. Mm. And the games mean something. Like, like the NFL preseason games, you throw guys out there and you're like, you know what? You get two series. I want you to do this, this series, and this, this series, and then don't care the rest of the game. This year is re- even more ridiculous because we're having starters going up against nobodies. Like exactly, and with the summer uh, league, like you have a bunch of dudes just just fighting for jobs. Because yeah. basically, every single summer league team, two or three guys only make the roster. There's 15 guys on the bench. That means that necessarily the jersey they're wearing in the summer league is not the team they're going to play for. They're fighting for jobs to get in the G League to possibly play overseas, whatever it may be. Shout out Ashbourne Ash. Ashbourne Mickard, the he's the first GCU guy to ever be on a summer league team, and he hit a three the other night for the Magic. But I it's love got every a, part of it. It's got a like that park in Brooklyn feel. Yes, like the guys Walker are park. just yeah, yeah guys are just park. showing up. Like okay, I got five, you got five, let's go and, and kind of see 
how it happened. I did see the one guy this morning go between his legs on a dunk. Jimmy, you were just spoiling all of my end of the. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. End of the end of the. I, I apologize. I, I won't do right nothing. One after another. Do you have uh, <laughs> Leangelo Ball in there at all? Or no, can we... but Leangelo, uh, Leangelo Ball made himself a. Ro- he's probably going to make, gonna a, make roster. a roster now. He played good. Is it going to be like when he got signed with the Pistons and they washed their hands with him within 24 the hours? Are a shit organization too. I just hope they don't fuck up with Cade Cunningham, but. He he'll make a roster somewhere because the dude played well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like like I said, with with I I love like I don't know because this because I'm gonna talk about this again because I will do this every fucking week because of this man's fucking geniusity. Tim Connolly and the Nuggets scouting department is the best in the NBA. The homegrown talent this team finds, guys like fucking RJ Hampton, who's going to be a starter in Orlando this year, guys like Wancho, guys like Malik Beasley, who got out of jail finally, luckily, but he'll be a starter in Memphis or in Minnesota. Guys like that, and now Bones, now now PJ Dozier, now Tory Craig, who was in the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. All these guys came up because the Nuggets had faith in them. Michael Malone knows what he's doing. Calvin Booth with and and that team is just like, I it's it's a blessing because like there's so much young talent. Bo Bo probably won't see the floor this year. Unless he has ma- massive gains, Bones Highland probably will not get playtime either. Because you think in the backcourt, when Jamal Murray comes back, he's not going to get minutes. He may get minutes being a year, but when two seven comes back in and, and January February, that's not going to happen. So that's was he that, was he getting action in the summer league, or was he just doing drills now? Bull bull. No, Jamal. Ja- or Jamal, he was just getting drills okay. at home because so, he. I did he, see that he's progressing. Nicely. He is progressing nicely, which is very good to see. But like I said, I don't know <laughs> whoever is the scout. I, I apologize. I don't know the name. Whoever the scout is for the Nuggets, they find diamonds in the rough. Because Bones Highland is the type of guy that he is like he has the biggest smile on his face. He just loves playing basketball, and he's a guy that will come in and get you a bucket. And he's a guy that won't turn over the ball. He averaged he he was the second highest leading scorer in summer league for for Vegas. And he was a 26th pick. Goddamn, Tim Connor, you do it every fucking year. You goddamn genius. They got a good culture too, because like. There have been a couple. I know you, Jerry, was used to be in the Nuggets Masai front Jerry, office, yeah. yeah, and then he he left. But Connolly stuck around, and these guys. I mean, he got Michael Porter Jr., who everybody said he's not going to get in the gym and work on his defense. He's a scorer. He's going to get himself good enough to where he's going to score again. And I mean, they bought in. Uh, I. I know that he didn't always play great defense, but he at least gave a lot of effort on the defensive end. He's growing. He he's in his. That was his first full season. That's what everyone's gonna realize. That was his first full season and last year. It was still year. a whack season. Yeah, and like it was still a wacky season. So all I'm saying is, when we're fully healthy, basketball season might be fun this year, and hockey season. It might just be a fun year all around because you know we'll talk about it when we get to the preseason here in a bit. But the Broncos had a good weekend. Yeah. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll take honestly. I'll take it as a victory Monday because uh, yeah, because it's been a pretty yeah. Because Bengals did win. I mean, they were playing against Scrubs too. But uh, well, before we get to the NFL, let's talk about the NCAA because they released the coaches and AP poll. Shout out Ant Samurai. I know he gave us a whole bunch of crap. <laughs> I knew it was just one poll, but you know, still good yeah. on you. But uh, top five, it's the same five teams in a little bit different of an order. And I kind of I wanted to talk about it because there's a couple things that we we could talk about the Heisman candidacy possibly because I think a couple of these guys I mean Clemson and, and Oklahoma have the top two betting favorites right now but also is this something that you could really go off of because Bama's got 
no real star coming back. Uh, they got a lot of potential. Oklahoma has Rattler, but I don't know what Rattler is going to do. But, but before we get into all of that, the top five in the AP poll, number one, Alabama, number two, Oklahoma, number three, Clemson, number four, Ohio State, number five, Georgia. In the coaches poll, it's Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Georgia. So the only two teams that flip are Clemson and Oklahoma. Is this your top five, do you think? Are these the five best teams in the country? See, I, I listened to something today, actually, funny enough, that was like, we need to, this is another reason why the top, the, the four-team playoff is such a shit show. I could have told you before the season started, it, did, I didn't, it didn't matter who was on the list, who was whatever, who the top four were going to be. Mm-hmm. I knew it, who it was going to be no matter what the order was, whoever it was, I knew it was going to be Bama 1, and then after 2, 3, and 4, I knew who it was going to be. But we are getting to a point where the the power conferences are going to – we're going to get super conferences very, very soon. Like very much like the super league that was going to be in soccer. We're going to get very close to that. Because are these the five best teams in football, college football? Probably. You can make an argument for Texas A&M. Make, make an argument for Texas A&M. Make an argument for possibly maybe Florida, maybe some teams like that. Mm-hmm. I, got, I, I got – like it's – but – this is the same shit every year. It is. I'm getting bored of it. I I I I, I know you're not. Yeah. But at some point, I look. I'm a diehard college basketball fan. I love college football too. But I love having a different Final Four every year. I love having teams that with one star, two stars that can fucking beat up whoever they want. Like. I'm going to watch Bryce Young versus uh, – actually, no, I won't say – I'm going to be going on a limb and say Bama doesn't make the tat 90 this year. I'm going to watch Spencer Rattler versus Ty Duel, Ty Duel, whatever his last name is. Ty DJ Uyagala. Wow, that was even close. DJ Uyagala. Clemson, so your pick for national championship is Oklahoma Clemson now? Yeah, like that's – because I don't know what Ohio State has without Joseph Fields. I don't know what Bama has without – Everyone, yeah. like, like, I don't think Georgia, Georgia at five, I think is, I, th- I would have put Texas A and M at five if so, I was making, if I was making a pick. So I don't know, man, and and teams like, like Cincinnati, like I'll keep going back to Cincinnati. They have no chance getting in this because you think, no, of, no, you think, don't. you think about it. If Bama loses one game to say Georgia, say Georgia, Cincinnati is done for. Cincinnati doesn't make the playoff. Like that's 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 what is killing college football right now. This four team playoff, it's a it's a step up from the top two, but but having an eight team playoff is the direction we need to go because we are seeing the same four teams every year. And yes, are they the four best teams? Probably, but I would like to see them get tested a little bit. Anything can of, happen when you play. Instead uh, of play, it, instead of Bama playing the uh, the Citadel at the fucking week fifteen. So yeah. all I'm saying is, give me a little bit of flavor. Well, I, I like chocolate ice cream. I like vanilla ice cream. But give me a mint chocolate chip now and then. Like, goddamn. All the other divisions do it. All the other divisions have figured out a way to do a playoff format. And it's exciting every single year. I mean, you still have your favorites. Minnesota Mankato and D2. I know that because of uh, playing in that division. But even D1AA. I know North Dakota State's a dynasty. But you've had the James Madisons. You've had the North Dakotas. And, and those other schools that make runs. If you give a team a shot, who knows? I, I, get, I get Alabama nine times, maybe even 9.9 times out of 10 is going to beat the shit out of Cincinnati. But well, every, every now time, and then. Yeah, the point one chance, you never know. Could be. All I'm saying is freaking Virginia lost to a 16 seed. 
and no one thought ever was someone a one seed would lose to a 16 seed. All I'm saying yeah. is wacky things happen, and when you have a, only a top four, and I see the same top five every single fucking year in the AP poll at the beginning of the year, all that tells me is, okay, three of these at minimum are going to make the final four. Yeah. That's all it tells me. Uh, they they could do a lot of different things and change. The, I think expanding the playoff is one. They could do a, a thing where they realign the top eight and make kind of like, I mean, that would be a super league, but it makes sense. But that's why I know that we, we're we not super big Premier League fans, but that's why the Premier League has a big following because you have to win a certain amount of games and finish a certain place. So even the teams... Because that's the argument about college football. If you lose one game, lose two games, you're done. Why? Why play the rest of the season? Yeah, you're done and for now, it. why play in the bowl game? All the guys are not not playing in the bowl games. At least at that point, you still have something for the schools to play for. Exactly. Because you you can. It's probably going to be relegated to those top teams and make more money. But if you you finish in the top eight, you're one of those top eight schools. And the only way you get knocked out is if you don't do that again. I'm, I'm, I was very hesitant about this when I heard about Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC, but now I'm full aboard the, the four. I or think it was four. more of a problem with Texas yeah. going to the SEC. Like, you fucking suck. Yeah, like, I, now I'm realizing I'm for it. Get rid of – this is going to hurt me to say this. Get rid of all the small conferences. And make four big or five. This is a big shift from our battle of the mid majors yes, for the I know. NBA. <laughs> for basketball, it's good. Uh, for 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 college football, you gotta make it even. Do the do the top power five or make make it they all bunch together for whatever reason, and then have automatic qualifiers. And then the rest of the spots go to teams that deserve it. Because the automatic qualifiers is the only way this makes it fair. Because who knows? Like if 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 because you gotta take well, maybe the Big Ten championship doesn't deserve it because they only played six games. Well, the Pac-12 champion they didn't play any competition. Do you want to? Uh, here's the thing: the, Do you want to see these top schools play each other before the games are more meaningful? Because that's the intrigue right now: is Alabama doesn't play Georgia until it's the SEC championship yes. game. Do you want to see those games happen earlier on? I know that sometimes, like we have the random Alabama-Michigan games, or. Um, you know Virginia Tech and and Florida State or something like that. But would you would you be interested in seeing those teams play each other early on? Earlier on, the only reason why I'd say no is because teams don't know who they are, and and teams change at the end of the year. I think you see a team's full form at the end of the year. I think that goes with that football too. There's a reason why there's always like some teams that start really hot, like the Steelers. The last undefeated team left, Sought and then they fucking, then then they they blew it all together. Like, yeah. there's things that happen like that in college football too. I just um, there's there's so many ways. There's so many more with the NIL, everything that's happened with that. There's so many ways to make the game more interesting now, <clears throat> other than me watching Alabama football every weekend. Like I don't I I don't I know that all half of that team is going to be in the NFL. I know it. I'm hoping my team drafts one of them, and they have the last two years. Mm-hmm. But but like I want to watch some of these other guys. Like that's how stars are made. Like freaking th- think about this. Aaron Rodgers went to Cal. Would have never even touched the Final Four. Guys like Andy Dalton at TCU a few years ago who went on that 14-0 season. They didn't even make the national championship game when it was two. Like I would have loved to watch teams like that get a chance to play against a good team. And I never will unless we extend the playoff. 
there needs to be something that there's changes on the horizon. That's just something I was thinking about. If you have all these top teams in the same conference, you're not going to, you're only going to get a certain amount of them. Also, if Oklahoma was in the SEC, they would not end up in the final four. I'm just telling you that right now. No, I think they would be three or four at best in the SEC right now. I think they'll, of Oklahoma and Texas, I think Oklahoma is going to adapt to SEC. Oh, 100%. More. But because Texas is Texas. Texas sucks. <laughs> Texas sucks, and the bad thing about Texas is Texas doesn't realize that they suck. They still think, like, oh, no, Vince Young. Everybody remembers Vince Young. Like, guys, that was in 2004. That was a long time ago, buddy. (laughs) That was 2000. Reggie Bush had a Heisman. That's how long ago it was. Um, Let's uh, let's transition now to the NFL because preseason week one happened. And like we said, we had Kendrick on the show, and he played in the Hall of Fame game, and then he started at center for the Steelers in their – preseason uh, opener, quote-unquote. They get four games while everybody else gets three. But it's interesting seeing some of these games. Like we mentioned, you're seeing starters play against backups in some cases. The Broncos got got gifted a game against nobody against the Vikings. Mm-hmm. I, the Vikings just, I think, screwed themselves because they, every, they showed everybody else how little talent they actually do have they don't have they're gonna be bad i think i think the, that's gonna what, be very bad they opened the they opened up as a favorites against the Bengals betting wise and the Bengals are a much much better team than the minnesota vikings the vikings are not good we'll see because jj on the outside justin jefferson Dalvin cook they still have a top five running back and a top 10 receiver in the game the question I, is I can get, i get it to them that's the question i don't i don't think they will be but uh the Broncos, I think, looked good, but then all of a sudden today I was seeing that Drew Locke had a bad day at camp and was pulled for Bridgewater, but he looked good on, on Saturday at least. K.J. Hamler, I'll tell you, my my biggest takeaway from the game was K.J. Hamler. I think K.J. Hamler is your next star. I oh, know Jerry I, Judy and Cortland Sutton have the name, but K.J. Hamler is your Jerry, Jerry, K.J. Hamler is going to be the guy, if you're a fantasy football guy, to keep an eye on. Last year was Tim Patrick. When mm. when when uh, Sutton went down, this year it's going to be K.J. because all the eyes are going to be on Judy and Sutton. All every single eye on them, and and that slot position, that's that's a quarterback's dream. Why was Tom like one of the reasons why Tom Brady has been so 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 successful throughout his career is because he had great slot receivers that he that that were just reliable, that were just there. KJ Hamler can blow the top off the roof and beat any corner on the field because he's one of the fastest guys in the NFL, and then also be a quick out route and still get you seven eight yards on first down. One hundred and fifty yards on two receptions. Yeah, and like, a touchdown. <laughs> dude, dude has got. Blazing fast speed. And my biggest takeaway, though, was number two. PlayStation oh, 2, yeah. PS2. I mean, this kid is going to be unreal. I don't want to hear about how Justin feels, how good he did. Because, yes, I know he balled out. But his touchdown pass, there was no one around him and no one around the receiver. So it really wasn't that impressive. I could have made I that throw. Say, I wouldn't even say he balled out. But, like. He just looked good Patrick because Sertan, the Bears have had shit quarterbacks forever. That that made me a little bit upset because the Broncos' defense is going to be just that good. They, it they really are is. Good. People are sleeping that much. You oh, forget God. Kyle Fuller is on this defense. Yeah. A guy who had his best career year under Vic Fangio is back under Vic Fangio defense. Bradley Chubb and Von Miller are back together for the first time in a healthy season. Shelby Harris re-signed. Justin Simmons, top three safety in the game. Broncos defense, I was looking, because I do mock drafts, because I'm that bored sometimes. So I do mock drafts. The Broncos were ranked the seventh best defense in, in fantasy football rankings. 
If you're smart, do yourself a favor. Broncos will get you points yeah. because this defense is going to be ball hawks. They know and, that they're going to have to score points. Yes, they are going to have to score points. So all you got to do is rely on somebody to not turn the ball over. Because, yeah. like I said, if you can just control the game and keep your defense off the field, then your defense is going to be successful. That's what Peyton sucked in Super Bowl Fifty. Shout out Peyton also his Super Bowl speech or his uh, Hall of Fame speech was awesome, uh, but. Like it, it, there's a reason why that team was so good. It was the defense. Peyton Manning was a game manager. He didn't he didn't blow the roof off. He kept the defense off the field when it needed to. Kept their legs rested and then went on drives where he knew that he would find the people the right options. Mm. That's all you gotta do if you're Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater, whoever it is, and then you can compete for a wild card spot. Yeah, I, honestly, I I have the feeling that. Locke is going to start the season because he's going to you have, have the, to start him. He's going to, to yeah, him. you do, but you, he's also going to have this flashier play. So he's going to quote unquote win the spot, but he's going to have, he's going to struggle. That's his thing. And, and that's why I'm interested to see how this week goes. And it's not starting off well, but he's always had games where he's looked good, but the week after he looks like absolute dog shit. So can you look good two times in a row, three times in a row? If you put three together, row, yeah, well, if you put three together, that's what we call a winning, winning streak. streak yeah. They have happened before. Uh, shout out Aaron Gordon, or not Aaron Gordon, Zach Levine, who got his first winning streak of more than that four games pretty, since college. That was college. pretty sad. Yeah, that's, that was uh, so sad. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but no, I, I think that's the big thing for the Broncos. But everything else looked great. All Your question mark is the quarterback, like yeah. it always is. But everything else looked good. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Jets, and I have – I have intel from my other podcasting partner. I, oh, okay. I think you saw it in here. But uh, I, honestly, I will say that the Jets actually looked like a football team when oh, I was they watching do? Because they have a competent quarterback and not an incompetent I wouldn't coach? Even, I, yeah, it's the coach. I wouldn't even say that it's a quarterback because I don't. Zach Wilson didn't do anything to wow me. He looked he looked decent, and it is he's at least fast enough like for the Jets offensive line. Get, uh, shout out. The uh, replacements recently had their anniversary. They're, I think that movie's like... 21 years old so again make me feel old but uh, get used to setting up on the run at least Zach Wilson can do that and stay out of harm's way but yes having a competent coach on the sidelines they can actually line up as a coach of little kids now I can appreciate a team that can just line up and actually run their plays correctly nobody was going the wrong way so I, I did want to give the Jets a shout out there but Dom is dead set that the Jets are going to beat the Broncos and he wants a wager he wants a wager, and this is his first offer. I told him I'd bring it to you, and then we could possibly get a counter offer depending on if you, you like the stipulation or not. He is willing to put his chest hairs on the line. He will wax his chest if the Jets lose to the Broncos, but if the Jets win, he wants you to have your social media profile picture of you in a Jets jersey until the end of the season. I'll, 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 I'll say that one of the only wins the Broncos had last year was against the Jets and it was scary because we almost fucked it at the end of the game but um, I'm not going to accept it right now I'm going to wait till that week comes along because a lot of things can happen between now and then because it's week two I'm pretty sure and and I I don't know who the starting quarterback is so I'll decide that week but that is a very intriguing offer can we say we'll have a an answer by week one because then you'll have like a week before the game happens I'll I'll answer the week of okay the week of the week of I feel like you're gonna keep his stipulation because he has I I was shocked when he threw that out there I was like what you're that you're that confident in in Zach Wilson okay 
I'll bring it to him. I'm just the messenger here. That's all I am. I'm just the messenger. All I'm saying is I would bet heavily against the Broncos defense scheming against Zach Wilson. Yeah, probably. That's yeah, that's yeah. the why why I'm so confident. I don't have to be confident in Drew Locke. I can be confident that Zach Wilson doesn't have facilities to beat the Broncos defense. Patrick Sertan is gonna eat. I Him think Patrick Sertan will eat Zach Wilson alive. I agree with you there. But hey, I I was kudos kudos on dumb. I told him we talk about it randomly on that podcast. He is the winner of our bowl season pick'em, but he didn't even take advantage of it because he couldn't come up with something that the three of us that he beat had to do. So maybe. Maybe this is his. Maybe this is him trying to actually come up with a stipulation. I think it's just going to be hilarious to get the video of him getting his chest waxed. Because yeah, I said be I, I was like I need to get at least a video of the first strip. That's all I need. And I, I guess I'm a I'm a content whore at this point. Um, but the other thing I wanted to mention before we get off the Broncos, did you see that? I tweeted it on our account yesterday. I'm trying to find. Um, where it was so I can give the guy a shout out here. Neta Netain Muti. Oh Netane yeah. Muti. The guy so that that block was unreal, first of all. Yes. But that guy he was a little backstory. He had the most amount of bench press reps two years ago at the combine. There was a combine before the everything got shut down. And he um was like a six round pick. The Broncos have a very big um decision to make because you have Five interior offensive linemen that all could start. Yeah. You have Glasgow, who probably will start. Reisner is going to be an absolute starter. That's your absolutes. Center, you have Cushenberry, and then the other two you have is Miners and uh, Natain Moody. <laughs> so, with Glasgow, who's been injured very lately, that means one of those two could slide in. But... There's we're in a position now where you have too many interior offensive linemen and you still don't know what the right tackle position is going to look like. Yeah. So like they might have to f- try and figure out if one of those interior linemen sli- can play. I, I think the only person I can think about is Reisner slide out. That's that's the one person I can think of. But we'll we'll see what happens because obviously the Broncos have have a decent offensive linemen. Obviously with decent with interior, Gar- decent yeah. interior, and then Bowles obviously is a Pro Bowl left tackle. So that's really weird to say one year later after be shitting on him all we the didn't say his year. name up until about this point last year no podcast. it was farther than that yeah, like, yeah. It, was, it was farther and there was a couple of times where i was trying to give him credit you're like no we will not say his name until and then he, and then he, he was, was also best player. top 80 in the nfl 100 yeah we had three guys in the top 80 it was it was or top 100 it was him um simmons and i think the other one's bradley chubb I, the whole ranking has come out but yeah, he's been really good, so I cannot wait to see him. I'm really, really excited for the running back, Javante Williams. Yeah, I'm very, very excited for him because I because everything I've seen from him, everything I heard from him, I think he could be a dog. I think you're that's correct on that one too. Their first two picks in the last two drafts have been worked out pretty well. Oh, very. They well. for as bad as Elway drafted up until that point, once he kind of let the reins go, they've been able to find find themselves a little bit. And that's where. They're only one piece away, and that's quarterback. If they can find a competent, if if they had Aaron Rodgers, yeah, if that does end up happening, the Broncos turn into the scariest team in the NFL. No, hand, hands down, no doubt about it. But at this point, they're just a competent quarterback away from being a solid playoff contending team. That's the problem. That's the problem. It's been the problem for a long time. But five uh, years. <laughs> we'll uh, 
we won't talk about the Bengals because now we get to get into our first divisional breakdown because we we have two and a half weeks I think until the first the opening day game happens and oh, I'm so excited to not have to do my when football's not on the TV on Sundays my dad likes to find chores around the house when there's football on TV on Sundays no matter who it is we will be watching and uh, I did talk my mom into getting Sunday ticket this year so we'll have all of the games to watch. But uh, we're going to preview both the AFC and NFC North. You guys saw the poll on Twitter. Yes, I can't spell Cincinnati. We still have guys like 40 minutes ago as we're recording this on Tuesday night. A guy's like, well, you guys should use spell check. It's like, yeah, you didn't see the eight other people tell me that I should have been using spell check. I got it. I got it. Um, but we'll break down both those divisions and we'll start with the AFC North. And I have my standing predictions. I have the Browns, number one, the Ravens, two. I think both those teams will make the playoffs. The Steelers, three, and the Bengals at four. Did you have that differently? Or did you have it? I, I have it exactly on the dot. The same? I, I have the exact same. <clears throat> I think Cleveland, this is this is Cleveland's best team they've may have ever had. I know it's weird to say. Their defense is, is stacked. Like, adding Clowney to opposite Miles Garrett, oh, my God. That's 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 the uh, that's the DeMarcus Ware to Von Miller. Mm. That's like, I, I won't go as far as those two, but they may get there. Like, that, that is just deadly. And then talk about, man, the Baltimore Ravens. I would the only the only two I'd swap maybe is, is Baltimore and Pittsburgh. I'm sorry. You're not there yet. But Pittsburgh, their defense is still damn good. Baltimore worries me, but they got some more weapons now for Lamar Jackson. But yeah, will he I use would, them as a question? I would say I put the Browns one. My reasoning behind that is I think they did make themselves better. They did moves to make themselves better. And Baltimore, I would say, I basically stayed the same or maybe got a little bit worse. And the Bills tore them apart in that playoff game. It would have been a lot worse if the wind wasn't blowing so bad. But they were they had no shot when they lost that playoff game. But the Browns have not put back-to-back good seasons together in our lifetime. Since they came back and became the Browns again, they've made the playoffs in certain seasons, but the year after, they've always been shit. And they did this recently, too, because remember Baker and Freddie Kitchens are like, oh, these two are going to light the league up, and it was shit again. Now, I have I know Kevin Stefanski's not Freddie Kitchens. I know Baker Mayfield has matured, and he's becoming the man in Cleveland. And Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, it's all great. It's all good out there. But th- th- that scares me. Like, the Browns curse still scares me a little bit. That's oh, why I'm hesitant in no, my it season. It doesn't scare you. It makes you happy because you think the Bengals can get out of the cellar finally and the Browns will return there very soon. Uh, I, I really – I would love to see the Ravens and Steelers have to spend a little bit of time in the cellar because you know what? Ohio has been the doorstep of that division for long enough, and it's about time we get our comeuppance. But, no, I – I thought that that would be where we differed. I thought that you might put the Ravens one and and the Browns two. Uh, apparently, that we had a lot of smart ass Bengals fans vote in our poll. We had a lot of people vote in the poll, so thank you guys for doing that at FEOTB Pod. Just but, uh, spell one city wrong, JD, yeah, and I, the whole world wants to come one, after you. An extra T, and we got 80 percent. Actually, I'll get the because I have it up and open. I'll get the actual number, but we had 80% when I looked last time. Let's, hey, Bengals fans are passionate. I I would love to see this passion during the season, guys. You, the stadium's pretty barren when the games are actually going on. Uh, 87.2% think that the Bengals are going to win the AFC North. I have a bad news for you, 87.2%. Oh, come on. let them. We don't have anything. Let us dream a little bit. Uh, by the way, the other two, the other teams in the poll, 79 for the Browns. 
4.1 for the Ravens, 0.9 for the Steelers. That makes you feel probably a little bit that, better, that too. That. I voted for the Browns, but well, I was one of the seven. That's why you're wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> No, I think the AFC North will be one of – I think they're a division that could possibly see three teams get in depending on if the Steelers have a soft schedule again. Um, but the, it's it's one of the top divisions in football and has been for the last couple of years. There's always two – at least two really good teams in this division fighting for playoff spots. Um, the, the NFC North, on the other hand, I think is a lot easier to see how things are going to shake out. But it is interesting. Or is it? Well. Or is it? No, because <laughs> let, let's just get this out of the way. Fields was okay. Fields was good. He was very he, he good. He was not amazing like Chicago wanted everybody to think. 142 yards, a passing touchdown. I think he ran another touchdown. It was serviceable. And you guys have not had serviceable in a very long time. a very long time. It's yeah. the old Eddie Murphy bit where he's like, if you give a starving man a cracker, he's going to be like, that's the best cracker I've ever had in my life. Yeah. What is that? Is that a Ritz? Like, you guys got your Ritz cracker. Justin Fields looks good. The one is cool. All that kind of stuff. He's talented. I think that he'll do some good things, but the Bears aren't. Like, Matt Nagy's not the coach to get you. Obviously, Matt Nagy is not the coach to get you anywhere in the playoffs. Yeah, Matt Nagy also has to make the decision of, uh, is, do you throw Justin Fields into the fire right away? Because uh, there's still a chance. And hey, the last time he started the Red Rocket could be a starting quarterback still. Dude, Andy, honestly, Andy Dalton, I, I'm ashamed <laughs> to say that he used to. I, I have fond memories of Andy Dalton in Cincinnati. There were a couple good years. There's a couple good years. Um, but it doesn't. He's tarnishing everything between him getting himself knocked out in Dallas and, and getting replaced for Danucci the Gooch. Danucci. Uh, he's on Hard Knocks, by I the know, way. I watched the hard, uh, that was hilarious, too. Uh, but now, no, he's he's not. I don't think that they're going to have a choice but to start Fields, honestly. And Nagy had success the last time he started with a young quarterback. But for, for something like double doink to happen to knock you out of the playoffs... And this bad of a curse it, after. There's something working against you. Like, you're not the coach to do it. And I don't know what they have to see over there at Hallis Hall. I, I thought they would have seen it last year, but they backed themselves into a playoff spot. Who knows? Well, it, it'll be interesting. But they lost a couple of their big-name weapons on the outside. Kevin White's uh, – he just got picked up by the Saints. Kevin White's a Saint Robinson now. returned, though. Yeah, they do have – they still have Robinson. They still have Patterson. They'll be competitive, but I think it's still the Packers' division to lose. They're still the Packers are still the Packers. This division is the biggest what if for me. What if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt? Quote unquote. Eric pulls hurt. a Kawhi Leonard. Pulls a I'm injured. Yeah. I don't I'm done with this. Put me on long term injured reserve. Because honestly, Jordan Love didn't look terrible. Yes he yes he did. No, he he had some good passes. All I saw was like Jordan love this, Jordan love this. Packers fans are trying to convince themselves so badly. They that got Jordan beat love twenty six to seven by the Texans. It, it they stopped fucking caring. Like I'm, I said, I don't look at preseason scores. I watch two drives at the beginning, and then I go find something else to watch because that's all I care about. Because who knows what the scrubs do after that? But man. The Packers just worry me because I don't know what team I'm going to get. Am I going to get Jordan in the last dance and they go out with a ring and then Aaron Rodgers still says, fucking peace, I'm out of here? Or or am I going to get Jordan with the Wizards where he comes back and after he contemplates, or he contemplates retirement, but Jordan re- retired, and he, he doesn't do shit and the organization is in the gutter. So 
I don't know. I think I want to hear your rankings because they're they're mine might be a slightly different. I have Packers one, Bears two, Lions three, Vikings four. Um, the only difference I have with with that is I have Detroit last and Minnesota third because Detroit. You know what's on Detroit? Detroit is gonna suck. The head coach. Don't tell me yeah, the head coach. Yeah. Don't tell me. Is coffee the head order coach. alone? No. Don't. Is coffee order Do alone? Not. Black coffee and two shots of espresso. No. You know how much caffeine that man is running on all the time. No. There's. They're not. The dude is gonna fight his own players. That's my kind of guy. That team is gonna suck so bad. Yeah. J- Jared Goff was only decent in LA because their defense. He looked so good because the defense kept the like kept the offense on the field constantly because they're getting turnovers and getting stops. There is this Lions team is going to be mark my words a top 3 seed in the draft behind the Texans um and right there. Like this team is going to be drafted quarterback next year and the Vikings still have in my opinion a top 3 running back in Dalvin Cook who if you're all hell breaks loose all you do is Kirk Cousins, don't fumble the ball, just hand the ball off. And that will get you 200 yards per game. See, I think that the Vikings might have two wins on the season, and they might both come over the Lions, but I don't see the Vikings having more than two wins. I don't see the Lions maybe having more than two wins, but I don't I don't know. I, I'm really down on the Vikings. I, I think that they finally understand. Hey, Broncos fans, you can at least take some solace. You didn't pay Kirk Cousins $84 million. Yeah, for him to do what he's done, which That's is true. nothing. That's true. That's that, that does make me feel better. And it's not like he hasn't had weapons. He had Diggs and Thielen. Diggs and Thielen at the height of their powers. And now he has Justin Jefferson and Thielen and Dalvin Cook. They have weapons. They have more weapons than the Lions do. That's a fact. That's why I'm like I picked the it, it look that's why we're we're fucking picking the two biggest shit shows in the in the NFC right now. They Those are, are probably yeah. the two worst teams in the NFC. Yes. I'm still picking the Vikings because Kirk Cousins has has one in, one in a generational has you like that games. <laughs> he has those in him still. And all he has to do is hand the ball off to Dalvin Cook and find Justin Jefferson Jefferson in space. All Their you gotta defense do is gonna suck is exist between in those three seconds between the snap and you giving Dalvin the ball. Uh, I just, I I think it's I think the Vikings can pull off more wins than the Lions. On a side note, do you think that we should maybe have a, a camp watch on Dan Campbell to see when his his heart is finally gonna collapse in on itself? <laughs> Every single day, that much caffeine. That's like I drink. You know, I I we both drink our coffee yeah. in the morning, but not that much to I, make my freaking. That's like having ten think, energy drinks to just. Oh. I think my heart. Honestly, I think my heart would like overheat itself. Like it'd go too fast, and then all of a sudden it would just slow down. But uh, no, and honestly, I think Dan Campbell. What the Lions lacked the last couple of years under Patricia was like any want to actually do good for the coach. I think he'll at least get the team that move in the direction that he wants them to. We'll see. Is that going to be successful? I think Jared Goff loses his job halfway through the season. I don't know who the backup is. I I think it may it's one. DJ Walker. No, Maybe? no, that's no. Carolina. Um, but there's he's going to lose his job halfway through the season. He's going to be one of the worst number one overall picks since Sam Bradford, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be a shit show in Detroit. Both drafted by the Rams. Fun sure. fact. Very true. Um, no, that's uh, we're we'll, we'll get into uh, our segments here. We're gonna we'll take a little bit of a pause recording wise, and we'll come back with our segments here uh, for the rest of the show. 
All right, let's uh, keep moving right along and get back into our segments. The It's going to be fun now that the NFL is coming back because that's when we originated the bench warmer and most dominant team of the week. We've had to stretch what constitutes as a team because a lot more individual sports have been going on. But we still have uh, – it, it feels right that football's back and we have these two segments coming up. Very but, true. Uh, my bench warmer of the week, it's a guy that everybody knows I wasn't too high on last season. Tua Tagovailoa. 8 of 11, 99 yards, and an interception. He he ends up being my bench warmer of the week because uh, I, when I was writing the outline, I felt bad for Tebow at the moment, but Tebow should have got this award for me. And Tua, he didn't really show that he made any kind of improvement. And this is his team, too. This no is more, his, no yeah, this is his, The backup no right now back. is Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, no. you don't got Fitz Magic he's to bail in Miami? you out. Holy yeah, shit. he's in Miami because when I turned on, I turned on the Bears game. It was like the second quarter, so Tua was already out, um, and it was Justin Fields versus Jacoby Brissett, which yeah, it's a that's wild. But... That's a barn burner. Let me tell you, <laughs> no I did, I definitely didn't take a nap. Wink, wink. Uh, two minutes into watching the, those two on the field, but uh, who who do you got for bench warmer? My bench warmer league, Patrick Beverly. Oh my God, this guy. He first of I saw, all, I saw that, but I want you. To, I didn't understand. He what was got going on. traded twice in twenty four hours. Oh. First of all, let's go to the backstory about this. But three or four years ago, when the Clippers signed, or three years ago, yeah, when the Clippers signed Kawhi and Paul George, he tweeted at Steph Curry, he's like, the last five years are yours, but the next five years are mine. We're, we've, we already won a chip. This team has made one conference finals appearance and has done nothing but fall apart. And then the lasting image of you ever be wearing a Clippers jersey is shoving a man in the back to the floor. So you then, you're like, oh, we're on a great team. You know, this is the Clippers. We got a chance to win a ring. And then you get traded to, to Memphis for for Eric Bledsoe, who... For a bag of peanuts. Yeah. Like, not as good of a player either. And then Memphis is like, no, we don't fucking want him. And then they sent you to Minnesota, who's also the worst, the second worst team in the league. Like, like you, Patrick Beverly, like he he is one of the most hateable guys in the league for a reason. He does some shit that just pisses you off. He's a guy you love on your team, but you hate what he's not. And I just think it's hilarious. This guy thought he was going to be the man. This is my team. This is our city. This is L.A. L.A. is a Clippers town. And then your ass gets traded for Eric Bledsoe. And and you, it, it takes not only you. They traded you and um, like their Oturu. And I think it was Shemet or something stupid like that. They played, traded three guys. And you were part of that for Eric fucking Bledsoe, who's been tossed around more than anyone in the league. And... I just think it's hilarious that that lasting image of him pushing Chris Paul and that that's his Clippers legacy right there. I I remember watching him against the Nuggets when they were playing on Christmas. And I was like, I kind of like how that guy plays defense. And then every other time that I saw him on TV, I slowly got introduced to Patrick Beverly, the goon. And I was like, <laughs> maybe he's not playing tough defense. Maybe he's just kind of a dick. Yeah. And yeah, maybe he's him and Draymond. You can kind of just look at and go, Maybe you're just a little bit of a dick. All bark, no bite. Uh, speaking of uh, bark and bite, have you watched the Malice at the Palace documentary yet on not, Netflix? I, I have to. I have to watch that still. That looks um, insane. Yeah, I really. I was excited that they were coming out with that because the Last Dance was so good. I needed another really good sports documentary yeah. to get lost in. So I'm looking forward to that. 
But uh, let's transition to most dominant team of the week. Who do you have for most dominant team? I'm eating my words. It's Team USA Basketball. I'm I'm throwing both of it, both of this into because, first of all, let me talk about the women. Five straight gold medals. Sue Bird and 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 uh, uh, Diana Taurasi have five gold medals. That is just insane to me. Five straight gold medals, and then obviously now the men's with four straight. They proved me wrong, Popovich. You you goddamn genius. You sly fox. You, you. sly fox. Silver I, fox. I always knew that. I, like I had doubts. I was one of the people that doubted. I was like, "Fuck, we're gonna. This is gonna be a struggle." I was worried playing France. I was very worried, but fucking Kevin Durant showed the world why he's Kevin Durant, and I hate Kevin Durant. Ninety-five percent of my life, the five percent every four years that he plays for Team USA, I get to root for him. It's the most fun time ever, because watching him play basketball and and being a fan of the team, which is Team USA, luckily, like it is so enjoyable. Because you're like, oh my god, this dude's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a soul that could stop him. Guys like Devin Booker stepped up. I mean, David Lillard was hurt. He wasn't even a factor at all. And, and this was team, he hurt or was he ego hurt? Because he did get pulled. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was he or hurt. But they went with Drew Holiday, which is a much smarter decision because the dude is an absolute def- man- magnificent defender. And Team USA, like, I, I thought Slovenia was going to give uh, France a run for their money and Dacic was going to get a medal, but he didn't get a medal. Australia took third place. And then that France game, talk about revenge game. That Team USA was determined. Yeah. That team was like, you know what? Fuck these guys. They punked us once. We're not letting it happen again. And they came out, popped them in the mouth, and there was no looking back. It was good. I wanted once I remembered that Popovich is an Air Force grad, and seeing him his uh, post game, you know, shout out. Uh, oh, who? JaVale, shout out Javale McGee yeah. for getting the post game speech. He vlogged on, the whole trip. Yeah. I, have to, I have to watch it, but he vlogged their whole trip. Getting the post game speech. How do they fucking like us now? I was like, okay, you guys had a little bit. I thought you guys were prissy and like, oh. We're the USA. We're gonna play. We're we're gonna play the NBA rules. No, and no. You guys had some grit and grime to you. I I gotta give them their due. But ba- the USA still runs bas- the still, basketball world. Still runs basketball. It's still our game. Uh, most dominant team of the week for me. I have the Tennessee Titans. I think that that division's kind of wide open this season, and uh, with the door slightly cracked, who who do you think is gonna kick down the door? I think Mike Rabel's gonna kick down the door. He might have his piece in his hand because he's like, I'm going to cut it off for a Super Bowl preemptively this time. But uh, the Titans look pretty good. Adding Julio Jones to that team. They have two downfield weapons now. I mean, they had two downfield weapons because Corey Davis is a really good receiver. I mean, talk about three because Derrick Henry is downfield because he's already 20 yards past the line of scrimmage. That's true. And and, uh, our dad, Taylor Lewan, is coming back. Big return season for him I, i'm a bandwagon titans fan i have i have a derrick henry jersey i do enjoy watching they have some of the videos of taylor luan and saffold doing their their double team drills and i wouldn't want to be a defender Ooh. on in the, in the way of that and then having you get to go through roger saffold taylor luan 600 pounds of pure muscle and, and gigantic man to just go tackle a 250 pound running back yeah. i can see why derrick henry is that good i can see why nobody sure. tackles him in november um, I think that the Titans, if the Bengals start looking like we know the Bengals look, I might end up being more and more of a Titans bandwagon fan. You can join me with the bandwagon once the Broncos start sucking again. Well, because it's bound to happen. That's true. We might be a, a, ten, a Nashville podcast 
It's true. Babe. Which I wouldn't mind. We we could get a trip out to Nashville. Yeah, I would not mind we'll Nashville. Go party on Broadway. Nashville's people in Nashville, time. let us know, and uh, you know, maybe hook up with Warren. Uh, maybe, maybe. We, maybe. We, we, I don't know. Uh, let's uh, let's get into uh, what's brewing, presented by our friends of the High Alpine Brewing Company. Uh, Western's having a football season, so if you're going to make it up, if you have somebody going to Colorado School of Mines, it's a great place to go watch a game. And then when you're up there for a game, check out the High Alpine Brewing Company and uh, Scott and those guys get a nice cold beer. But uh, we got what's brewing and uh i kind of wanted to talk about hard knocks so the cowboys are my what's brewing i don't think that they're handling hard knocks very well oh i don't think so either they've had three pretty public blunders with i think jerry jones press conference was like i will literally do anything in human imagination to win a super bowl it's like geez jerry it's a, it's a, a lot of pressure. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that you're like, I don't know if we have the people in place to do oh, that. Man, that's, With that's your head coach sitting two feet there, like Michael McCarthy's got to be sitting there. Honestly, who knows what's going on in Michael McCarthy's head? It might just be like a do do do. Yeah, it basically is that. Oh, Aaron Rodgers is he still on the team? No, Am I still oh. in Green Bay? <laughs> is that Clay Matthews? AJ Hawk? No. Oh, man, it's hot out here. I, I didn't realize it got this hot in Wisconsin. It's like. No, man, you're Texas, buddy. play for the coach of the Cowboys. Um, and then the the, the me, social media post with Dak was interesting for the Cowboys. Did you see that? Uh-uh, They're didn't like, see it. Hey, listen, nobody freak out. We're going to give Dak an MRI. It's just a preemptive thing. Nothing's going – okay, maybe it's a, a little bit more serious than we initially thought. I don't – he should be okay. There's like a series of Twitter posts where it's like, me, me, no. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, it was it was weird. I'll tell you that. I'll I'll say one thing though. I'm not a Cowboys fan. I do have a Cowboys shirt when I went to Dallas because I love traveling and seeing different things. And I'm a sport avid sports fan of all different teams. But I am a fan of Zeke and I'm a fan of Dak. Like I love both their characters. Dak is a easy guy to root for, and Zeke is just so much fun. The guy is just a ball of joy, and Dak, it's, it's hard to root against him. That's why it sucks they're both the Cowboys. So I guess the, the, the platform and everything, Cowboys Hard Knocks, I think this is the second time in like 10 years they've been on it. So like I don't know how well this is going to work out. And I think the Hard Knocks, I think there's a Hard Knocks curse or something. I thought I saw somewhere because I remember the Browns when they went on it. That's when they fucking blew up everything. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson. The and then uh, the, the Jeff Fisher year, he got fired the next year. I'm sick of going fucking 8-8. Eight and eight. I'm not going fucking 8-8. Eight eight. He's like, nope, you're going 2-14 and 14, getting fired coach that's how that's going <laughs> and then the Rams I think they fell apart the year after because they made it to the Super Bowl and then they got the hard knocks yeah. so I think they're the hard knock curse so maybe that's a bad thing but I don't know I, I enjoy it this is the first year that I feel like I'm more into it I don't know why but it's for, but I, I enjoy hearing about Dak hearing about Zeke I just don't think that the most distracted team in the NFL needs any more kind of distraction. And right now they're dealing with a whole camera crew and like, oh, who's going to – Who's, who's going to be staged on this week's episode? And Let's be honest. It basically is that, though, every every week at Cowboys camp. Because yeah, now yeah. it's just being portrayed in front of everybody. Yeah, instead of it being on the Cowboys YouTube channel, now it's on HBO, HBO and HBO yeah. Max. But, no, I don't think that the Cowboys made the right decision. And I don't really – I liked Hard Knocks, but I'm more of a all-or-nothing fan on Amazon video because it's more – they actually, excuse me, go through the season with the team. And I enjoy that more than going through – 
I've seen everybody get cut. I know I've seen that that song and dance. Like somebody got traded, and you're like, what? I just bought I just bought a house. Uh, Joe Schobert, shout out Joe Schobert, yeah. just bought a house in Jacksonville. Got traded two two weeks into that deal. Um, but no, uh, what what you got for what's brewing this By week? By what's brewing, obviously we talked about the Field of Dreams game. So I am going to propose some different avenues. Give me Rucker Park outside basketball game. Give me college basketball. Um, um, oh, my God. The, the, give me an Indiana Hoosiers college basketball game, a Hoosiers movie setting type of game. Give me NFL. Give me a uh, uh, remember the Titans game where they play in a high school stadium and have a, have an outdoor feel to it. Give me uh, a Sandlot game and then hockey. Give me a fucking Mighty Ducks game or give me better enough. Give me a game at fucking uh, at. at uh, Oh my God! What's the place in in New York the, the, where they played Russia? Oh my God! That's going. Oh, Lake Placid. Lake Placid. Give me a Lake Placid game every year, where they play in Lake Placid. Two teams play every year. Maybe it's the two Stanley Cup teams. The rematch. They play at Lake Placid, and they 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 just have it there because there's so many things like I love the creativity with movies because I'm a movie nerd I am and love the creativity with all that and why not just continue with that because you saw how successful Field Dreams was every other league in the in, in the in America should capitalize the same way yeah I think that there's different ways that they could do that um, and the more collaboration that happens between leagues and different mediums that's where you start to get like the CFL has more buzz about it going on this year because of that possible partnership that they had brewing with the XFL. So if you can continue to collaborate, you can find different things. I don't know. I don't necessarily know if they thought the field dreams game was going to go over as well as it did. So maybe that's why they were like, well, we'll do this for two years and see how it goes. And then, They'll figure out something like else. To go. They're like, oh my god, this is our best revenue. I also funny stat that I saw: Field of Dreams game, highest viewed Major League Baseball regular season game since like 2000 something. Still five million less viewers than the Hall of Fame game. Yeah, oh, that's <laughs> like the, the NFL, Hall of Fame game. NFL is Think king no matter what. That's like, kind of that's like I saw that. I was like, oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah, like, I I seen there. There's been a couple of years where they were like. Like an NBA Finals game had less viewership than a Thursday night game between Jacksonville and Tennessee in September. Yeah, people in clamor September. to whatever football. Yeah, it's it's football. It's the NFL's world. We're just all living in it. That's what everybody needs to remember when they, they think about that. Um, but that's what's brewing. Like we said, presented by our friends at the High Alpine Brewing Company at High Alpine Brew. And now... We get into Splinters on the Pine, which is one of those segments that we said we renamed. It uh, fits with our far end of the bench theme. So Splinters on the Pine. And uh, I, I'm interested to see what, what do you think, what's kind of sticking in your craw this week. Let's see. Today's date is August 17th. You're listening to this on August 18th. And there is still no respect for the MVP of the fucking league. For the first time since 2008, the league's MVP will not be playing on Christmas Day. 2008. It's been fucking 13 years. Every single MVP who's won the MVP since then has either been healthy or played in in the uh, in a Christmas Day game. And you're telling me the fucking Utah Jazz deserve the game? The Dallas Mavericks, who hasn't done anything? You, the, the NBA said, fuck Jokic. We're just going to take Luka because he brings ratings. The Warriors, dude, we don't know if they're going to be good. 
Yeah, they get Steph and Clay back. They haven't made the playoffs in two years. They can kick rocks. The fucking Knicks. Look, I get the Knicks-Hawks rivalry. It's going to be something. Trey Young going back. Is it, though? Yeah, I know. Is it, though? That's the question. Yeah. No, the Knicks fucking suck. The Nuggets were a team. The Hawks might suck, too, this year. I know. (laughs) And the Nuggets had the reigning MVP. They have been about. They are the only team to make it out of the first round of playoffs and the year before make it to the Final Four. Like... I get you have to have the LA and Brooklyn against one another. I get you have to have um, like the, like the Phillies and and the and the Chicago's and and whatever and the Miami. There's five Heats. games on Christmas Day. Yeah, right? so there's five games. The Nuggets. So they couldn't have found one slot. Like they gave the late game to fucking Utah and Dallas. That's normally the Nuggets spot That's, too. The, the last two years, look, don't get me wrong, the Nuggets got shit wrecked. Well, the yeah. last two years. I was I, in my head. That's kind of where I'm like, maybe the NBA is like, we've given you Christmas Day games, and you guys have gotten. Yeah, we got we lost to the Pelicans. Smacked was, around. I went to that Pelicans game. That was a shit show. And then last year we lost to the Clippers, which was another shit show. But still. Maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's just an edge to this team. But the fact that the MVP of the league just gets disrespected this much, like, it, it's it's a long list. Everyone, this is going to be, like, no one gives a fuck about this team. That's why I want them to win so fucking badly. No one cares about this team except for people in Denver. And if it wasn't for fucking the the the. 50,000 of us on Nuggets Twitter, no one would give a fuck about the Nuggets. Because people like Stephen A. Smith go on saying, if Embiid's healthy, he's still the best center in the NBA, blah, 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 blah. And the only reason why Jokic is, is the best center in the NBA is because he's um, available. Well, fucking kick rocks. Watch a real fucking basketball game. The MVP of the league can suck it. And, this, and Jokic has done nothing to anybody. No. The guy fucking rides horses. And fucking... And his home country, like the he does, in Serbia, he does nothing wrong, right. ever. He's a good guy. His brothers take the criminal rap. He got kicked out of a basketball game for no fucking reason either. It just it, it's it's one thing after another. You and you're just shaking your head like, what did he do to deserve this? What did we do? He's fat. And then fucking. I gotta add this in here too because this pissed me off. This mellow shit keeps pissing me off too. First of all, if he was a real fucking Nugget guy, he would have never played for Lakers. And two, I never hear anything ever about Mellow saying, "Oh, the Nuggets should have done this. We could have done this to make the Nuggets better." All I ever hear about is how, "Oh, I wanted to go to Detroit and go play with Chauncey, and I shouldn't have been drafted three. I should have been drafted two. You got to play with Chauncey here. Like he, he. Oh man, I." Mm-hmm. That number 15 is going to be in the Raptors with Jokic's name on it. I just can't fucking wait with an NBA championship right next to it. And Melo's name is not going to be, it was going to be erased from this organization. And people just don't realize it because Melo's is God. And Melo is the fucking guy who never could have won a big one. I have news for you. We've made the playoffs eight years in a row. And until we got Mr. Big Shot, Melo never made it out of the first round of playoffs. Newsflash, and he had Allen Iverson on his team. So if you don't know about this team, get the fuck out of my mentions and stop telling me how to root for my team and who to root against. Well, I I didn't expect the first splinter to be that big, but that's obviously that cuts deep. And I agree with everything that was said. I it's good because it's not just us 
Like we showed love to the other smaller market teams, and the yeah, love well, is being so shown back. For the like, Bucks, like and, well, the Suns fans were also like, "Why is why are the Nuggets not on? Like, why is Jokic not playing on Christmas? Like, that doesn't make any sense." Like we could like we could have had a rematch against the Suns. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they they have them playing the Bucks, which I think is is the right thing to do. NBA Finals rematch, but a Nuggets Suns match well, would have been so much fun in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, fuck, man. So uh, many things you could do. So many ways to grow the game, which which is, is already one of the fastest growing sports in the world. It's number two behind football, in my opinion. And there are so many things you could do that you just don't. Well, speaking of maybe moving the game back, my splinter on the pine is the NFL taunting rule. Oh, God. Yep. Here we go. Because Please it's, rip into this. Why are we, why, why are we micromanaging grown-ass men who make millions of dollars? Like, that... They should be able to do whatever they want when they get to the NFL. I've always kind of thought that. I know that there's people, like I have an argument with my dad every season. Oh, if you score a touchdown, turn the ball, hand it to the ref. Like His go-to is Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders never celebrated. I said, I know Barry Sanders never celebrated. But Barry Sanders also played the game. Like Barry Sanders also never won a Super Bowl. Yeah, but he was also playing the game nervous and like always wanted to make sure that he was playing the best, so he never showed any of his emotion. But... I would say in the last few years since they've reintroduced celebrations after touchdowns, that's when we've started to see this NFL. It was already the biggest engine in the world, but now it's even more. It's exploding more. And I saw it was the Colts game. The running back able to shove the pile for an extra 15 yards, gets up, doesn't flex over the top of anybody, gets up and just kind of flexes out to the rest of the stadium. He got thrown a flag. Are you kidding me? Come on, man. The no fun league. That's where we're at. The no fucking fun league. I, honestly, I don't even give a shit if there is. I don't. Well, we obviously, I don't like Tyree Kill's deuces when he does it. But I loved when Antoine Whitfield got to give him the deuces in his face for losing. That, that's where it's. It's like the same reason why I like hockey enforcers. Like there should be a level of. We play this game at a very high level, at a very high emotional level. We should be able to express that. And if we express that, we got to know that there's consequences coming back to us if that there so happens. Like you, that's that's the thing that everybody goes into the game knowing. Like the players in the game know if I do such and such, I have the oper- the possibility of repercussion coming back to me. The one thing that football lacks that basketball has I mean football kills that basketball and everything else but one thing it lacks is the fucking star talent they, they, they can create off of it because obviously every single team's quarterback people know the team's quarterback but you can create stars create jersey sales you can do so many different fun things be with people who have characters OBJ as 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 messed up as he has been the last two years that was the most recognizable face of football after he had that catch yeah Th- like that's just facts and people like that, like you gotta have those characters. You gotta have people having fun. We are. This is. They have worked their whole lives for this moment, and when it's preseason, you are putting a guy's job in the hands because he's trying to have fun because he finally made it to wearing a professional NFL logo on his on his collar and has a team's name across his chest. And now that player could very well get cut because he drew a team penalty. We only have three weeks of preseason. You, you're really doing that in the preseason, letting guys not have fun like that? Because these jobs, like like we said, the most important plays in preseason football are the special teams plays mm-hmm. because those guys are trying to make plays. They're trying to do everything they can because they don't know where their paycheck's going to come from. And you're 
reducing the excitement because it's not part of the game. That's why baseball is where it's at. That's why baseball is where it's at. And football will always be the number one sport in this country. But I hate seeing this. And the worst part was was the, the Giants – owner Mara who yeah. came out and said that everyone is sick and tired of seeing people taunting who is we who said that who's we <laughs> who said that please. and I'd like to have a conversation with you away from the group please tell me who's we because <laughs> I would love to know who's we because wasn't me wasn't you it's the, the only people that get pissed is when you're the opposing team and then when your team does it back you're fine with it yeah it goes both ways buddy. or I'd say the only other people that would just be constantly pissed are Rams fans because you see they beat the shit out of each other yeah that was was also it was nice because they got to take some of the heat off Colorado fans in the stands but that was an interesting video no I I really it sticks it sucks sticks with me because it's a step back like they've taken a step forward with the celebrations and they have now an award and the Seahawks receivers are learning every single boy band choreography that they can to try and win that award it's fun It, it makes like we sometimes forget that there's so much money and, and importance and everything put on it. It's a game. It's a game. It's a game, well, and people have fun playing it. So let's ha- let them have fun, and let's not micromanage a 35-year-old multimillionaire who makes more in an afternoon of playing a sport than half of the zebras would make in a full entire career. Let's, that, that's all I'm going to – that's where I'll just leave let them, it. Let them have their fun. That's all I'm going to say. All right, now we get to get into one of our, our more fun segments. Now, I, I'm not sure if we'll be able to keep this around for the full season, but we might be able to sprinkle it in here and there because when we when the NFL comes back, we're going to have to break down pretty much oh, every yeah, game. Oh, yeah, pick him back to yeah, come and back. and pick him's going to come back. We're going to keep more accurate stats this year. We'll, we'll be able to – we'll have something on the line too. We have to have a – we always have a good wager. But uh, how it should have sounded, you guys have been really enjoying these. We did um, – the Villanova National Championship last time we did the Broncos winning the Super Bowl 32 for our first one. And this is one that's more contemporary. I think knowing what went into Gable Stevenson's gold medal match and the flurry that he did to be able to win the gold medal as a former wrestler, I think that, you know, he he did a good job. He went in part of my take and they were like, put this into terms that we can understand. As sports fans, as a casual person sitting here, put into terms what that last 15 second sprint was like and he's like honestly you're in the super bowl you have to score a touchdown i'm at the 30 35 40 yard line and i have to throw a hail mary and it has to get in the end zone or we're, we're going home he said it is like i worked two for two weeks i was here in japan for three quarantine training all that to go home with a silver medal yeah. i'm not doing that no shot yeah i'm not doing that so He's he he put it in a good good term. So that's we have Gable Stevenson possibly completing one of the best years of a collegiate athlete's life. National championship back in March, and now gold medalist, possible gold medalist going into the final match. And the funny thing is about this match, he was up three nothing early on and ended up going back down. It was five three, uh, and we're gonna pick it up here at 15 seconds left in the gold medal match of the 125 pound kilos of the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. All right, now we have Stevenson trying to snap down. He's able to get the go behind, so that's gonna bring him up to eight, seven. Referee's gonna stand him up here 
And now Gable Stevenson's going to have 6.5 seconds to set up something and try and put a flurry of moves together and possibly come home with this victory over a very accomplished former world champion. You know, this guy, his opponent, the Georgian, has been just dominating world competition. And now Gable Stevenson worked his way back to having having one final opportunity. Yeah, I mean, the collegiate champion, Gable Stevenson, the guy is looking to add one more thing to his resume here in Tokyo. I mean, he's going to need a comeback here in the last few seconds, but can he pull it off? The guy's been rumored to go everywhere. The whole world is watching him right now. Last few days of Olympics, man. Can he pull it off? And now referee getting them set at the center circle. Whistle's blown. Clock starts. Gable goes for a quick duck under now. Finds an underhook. Spinning around. Circling. Is he going to get there in time? One second left on the clock. He gets behind him. And the referee gives him a two. Gable Stevenson. In an improbable situation, 21-year-old Gable Stevenson stepped up. And he just walked away with an Olympic gold medal. Absolutely incredible, man. The guts on him. Last second. Come up, come, coming up in the biggest moment of his life. Right there on the biggest stage with all eyes on him in the world. He comes up and just, just proves why he is the man, the myth, the legend. A lot of people would have thought in that situation, down by three with 15 seconds left, I don't have enough time. Gable Stevenson never had that in his head. He got the early takedown. He was able, he got a, a good whistle from the referee to stop the clock with six, six and a half seconds left, and he was able to do the rest. But honestly, in, in the terms of USA wrestling history, this is right up there with Rulon Gardner beating Alexander Karelin back in the early 90s with the Greco Roman style wrestling. Is now Gable Stevenson adds a gold medal to Team USA's count along with David Taylor. What an incredible finish. And, and you said it there as well. Now the question is, where is he going to go? He still has eligibility left to finish out at Minnesota. If he wants to go back and compete against play some, some, some college kids, he could play football. I mean, he wrestles a lot with Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar was very close to making the Minnesota Vikings roster. And a guy like Gable, who's got that kind of showmanship. You've seen his backflip, his round off into a backflip. Vince McMahon might have something to say about where he goes next. He's got the options of, of plenty, I'll tell you that. The man can do whatever he wants in life. Uh, it is interesting with uh, the wrestling world is kind of crazy with free agency right now, but Gable is rumored. He's also rumored to possibly go to the UFC. Which I think would be a lot of fun, too. It, 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 something. I don't know. If he's been – he's got great feet. He's got great footwork, a really good wrestling background, and I'm sure he can hit hard. But I would be interested to see if he's actually boxed at all. Because yeah. if you don't have that kind of timing, it's very difficult for a wrestler. Like even Khabib, is, he's a great wrestler, but he had boxing timing enough to where he could get inside and get takedowns. If you don't practice that, that's going to be a huge transition. The guy is a freak of a nature. Freak of nature. I mean, just I think WWE. Look, I think Dan Cormier said it best. I think you do the WWE route. Get yourself a name. Mm. Like Brock Lesnar did. Get yourself a name. And then while you're doing WWE, work on your boxing. Work on your stand-up skills because the strike it while the iron's hot. Get your fucking dough now. I'm sorry. The NIL will only do too much, so much for you at Minnesota. Yeah. I'm, that's just the matter of the fact that it is. He didn't like, get signed by part of my take, so... So I, I just it only works for so much. So I say get the money where you can. Go WWE. Or AEW, fuck that. WWE has been falling apart too. So AEW, 
do either one. My brother one. said that there's rumors Triple H wants to leave WWE. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing anymore. Mm-hmm. So do whatever you want and then go because you got to have some sort of boxing. I would love watching UFC because, like I said, like, we, we, we love football. We love basketball. We love hockey. But the one thing that we will fucking watch whenever and whatever is UFC and MMA. If we want, if if we if we know someone that we, there's a guy that we like, oh my god, this guy's gonna be fun to watch. I don't care who he's fighting. We will turn it on because MMA can do that for you. Like I love watching the Ultimate Fire. I love watching Dana White's Contender Series and a guy like Gable Stevenson. If he can have some sort of stand-up game, he would thrive. I yeah. think. He would. I mean, his wrestling pedigree alone. Like his his shoulders too, and how big he is. That's not an easy guy for a heavyweight. And a guy get just relatively against a guy like Ngannou, he can dominate him on the ground. He his I see him having a very similar fighting style to a Daniel Cormier and a Stipe. I mean, uh, he's got to work on his hands a lot to get to those guys' level. But the wrestling background those two guys carry uh, similar to like a Kamaru Usman too. Because Usman, that's what I was talking about with a guy who's not necessarily, he's getting better at it. But early on in his career, Usman was not good at getting in range to get takedowns. So that's where I kind of see him fitting himself in if he decides to do the UFC route. Or honestly, it would be ridiculous for him to go back and compete against the college kids, but... It's kind of disrespectful. he, He does only have one national championship. He lost his freshman year. But he has a gold medal. He does. He needs a little bit more. Kyle Snyder did that. Kyle Snyder won a national championship, won a world championship, a gold medal, and then came back and won another national championship. So we'll see. There's all of his options are open, and the dude knows it. He's having oh, the time yeah. of his life right now. Oh, 100. The dude he's, knows. He's knows. doing all interviews in the world. He's having so much fun doing whatever, whenever. This so. is a good. Like we gave the sons and four guys shit. But he didn't really do anything. Well, he didn't do Gable Stevenson is, is now an American sports hero. Yeah. So. He, he, he worked his ass off to get to where he was, and now the guy can do whatever he wants for rightfully so. And now we got how it could have sounded, so we get to go to our other segment that you guys have been really enjoying. And this is Factor Cap. It's where we try and discover whether or not we think that the sports conspiracy theories are true. We've had some good ones. We had the mob involved in one with Sonny Liston's Phantom Punch. And uh, we had Michael Jordan's possible gambling debts. And, and maybe he got his father killed. Maybe he didn't. You know, who knows? But uh, we're going back to the NBA for another one of these, oh, aren't we? Man, we got a good one. This is this is another really, really steamy one. This this one, I would, I would say this is number three. on Because, look, NBA has so many funny conspiracies. Obviously, the Patrick Ewing one is very well known. The Jordan one is kind of well known, but not so much. This one kind of falls under the rug. you got to be a really diehard fan to really remember this one. So take it back, 2002 NBA Western Conference Finals. Reference, this is the Tim Donaghy area. Tim Donaghy era. If you don't know who Tim Donaghy is, he's a referee that was in jail for, I think it was six, seven years mm-hmm. because he bet on basketball games that he refed in. It was uh, the Uncut Gems story. Right? No, no, no. It's, it's a little he bit had a, They had was, a movie yeah, coming out about Tim Donaghy. I wasn't sure if that yeah, was. Yeah, no, it wasn't on that one, but that I don't think that one's come out yet. I haven't heard about that. It might, it might have got delayed with the pandemic. Yeah, but I mean, this. So. Kings with the likes of Mike Bibby, White Chocolate, Jason Williams, Peja Stojakovic, um, uh, uh, Vladi Divac, Doug Christie, Chris Webber. That was their team. They had a much better all-around team. We're up against the Los Angeles Lakers, the likes of Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. 
They were up 3-2 in the series. They went back to L.A. for game six because the, the Kings had home court advantage. Going back to game six, the NBA basically – Tim Donaghy came out and said that the NBA needed the Lakers to make the finals because revenues were down and having a having an NBA finals matchup of, at the time, the New Jersey Nets with Jason Kidd, Vince Carter, and Richard Jefferson against the likes of Mike Bibby and that Kings team would not bring any revenue in. You have Shaq and Kobe and the Lakers in the finals. That's the money right there. And Tim Donaghy came out and said that that series, the NBA won, the Lakers win. So... The, the 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 conspiracy is that the NBA rigged Game Six for the Lakers to win at home, and then obviously the Lakers won Game Seven by handed fashion in, in Sacramento. So I I'm gonna go the side of fact because I have I have seen this almost firsthand because I I relate this back to the 2009 Western Conference Finals because I love going back to... I do remember you bringing up these two in in concert. And and I love going back to how the the NBA wanted LeBron versus Kobe in the Finals, but the Magic beat the Cavs, and the the NBA would have fucking shut down if it was the Nuggets versus Magic in the NBA Finals. So I need the Lakers in it, and I think this is the exact same way. Obviously, with Tim Donaghy and everything... That whole era, too, that it's makes very it very easy to think yeah. that he's he messed with the game, just knowing that he messed he with games. Because he wasn't a referee during those games, but he he. But I would not. I would take a while guess that he wasn't the only one. Mm-hmm. He was the only one that got caught. There's a reason why there's a brand new set of referees. The only one with a big enough you know, mouth to get caught. Mouth, big enough mouth to get caught. Yeah. And man, I I I I'm gonna go fact here. I would like to say no because that kind of tarnishes Kobe's legacy, but it really doesn't. It's more on the referees. It tarnishes the integrity of the league. Yeah, more so than which the NBA's integrity is already up for grabs because of the number one picks and all that shit. So I'm going to go fact because I stand up for small markets, and I know the Kings were a far better team, and I know the Lakers. The Kings had that game went one basically. They're up by like 12, I think, in the third quarter. And then all hell breaks loose. I believe. I think Doug Christie fouls out, and the Lakers just just roll in that game at the end of that game for out of the blue. And then Game Seven is just a different story. So I'm gonna go fact on this one. I was gonna ask if there was a specific moment where you were like, "Why did that happen?" Like what? there was like the foul count was what really got me. I yeah. think I think it was something along the lines where I think two or three guys from the Kings fouled out. I know Doug Christie was one of them, um, who is actually the announcer for the Kings now. Funny enough, they're play by play guy but basketball loves to do that because the gonzaga guy too where he had adam morrison yeah the redemption story where he's back as the announcer except the kings don't get any kind of the kings are a sad sad franchise the only the only team they have the longest playoff drought i think in sports 16 years i think right now not not in sports but in the nba who's the the longest i mean the Bengals have a 30 30 plus year streak going with no no but the making the playoffs playoffs, playoffs, i think that might be the i was gonna say making making the playoffs playoffs, not winning a game i I know you don't want a game but but i think making the playoffs they have the longest streak right now with like 16 years or something like that yeah i think uh especially now that the browns did what they did last season they're probably a pretty pretty sure lock to be the longest i'll I'll say that it's fact too because yeah, I mean it's Sacramento. I know it's California, yeah. but it's it's Sacramento. It's, it's different. Yeah, no one wanted the Kings in the finals. No. Like that, Kobe's legacy was on the line. That was like at the end of their tenure. I think they had two years well, left. Is it? It's the same commissioner that's. 
Was no, it, the, no, it was the old commissioner, the was, one that was, suspended was, MJ. No, no, it was it was actually yes, it was David yeah. Stern. Yeah, David, that was David Stern. So it was David Stern. David Stern, uh, rest in peace, David Stern. But he had some things going to his belt, like the Chris Paul trade that didn't go through the Lakers. I, I and just, there's I, a I, lot of. I'm I'm just saying this now. I've been watching The Sopranos pretty religiously the past few months. It seems like a mob deal. Like they, he ran it like is. a mob organization. Like. It's going to work out in my favor. Everything is going to work out in my favor, which in terms was the favor of the league. But then people like your team to be honest. There's a reason. Everybody loves Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire when they were all jacked up on juice hitting home runs. But as soon as they admitted that they were jacked up on juice, oh, no. No, Shame. Shame. Everybody knew, like, if the Lakers don't make it to the finals, why am I watching in 2002? But... Everybody was okay with it when it happened because it was Shaqed in a fool and, and it was Kobe. Shaq and Kobe, Rob, Big Shot Bob, Robert Ory. Yeah, Big Shot the, Bobby. And that was the Lakers dynasty. Was that the big? Was that when he was? That I don't think that was that same playoffs, no. but that was Big Shot Bob originated in San Antonio in like 2006 when they made. I think when they won it, when it was like first, it was a first ring for Tony and Manu. I know that. That was that's uh, one of my favorite sports nicknames. I get Big, big Shot, Shot Bobby. Bobby yeah. Yeah. I kind of wish I was named Robert just <laughs> just for the chance to be called that. But I guess I got, I got to get stuck with Italian Stallion. Um, I, we're both going fact on that one. So uh makes a lot of sense given the NBA's history. Now we get to kind of wrap things up here. Episode 53 of the far end of the bench. And uh, we got some interesting betting lines, I think. It, mainly because I got, I got mine from a little bit of a different source. Now that Barstool Sportsbook has opened up in Colorado. Shout out Barstool Sportsbook. No free shout outs. We would love to work with you guys or any other betting platform. Like we you, said, you can sponsor we're free agents right network-wise. We're free agents sports betting app-wise. Because if we get a partner, I know we'll, we'll put some money into it. It might be from the both of us, but we will. But Beats of the Week... And uh, what, what do you got before we before we get the NFL back when we can finally start getting some more juicy lines? What, what were you able to scrounge well, together? Well, I'm gonna go right along with that and have an NFL juicy line because we talked about hard knocks. Cowboys right now are the favorites to win the seats. The favorites on Fanduel, hey, but. Hey. No I'm not team picking has, the Cowboys. I was going to say no team has won a game in the NFC. I know, I know. Right I'm not picking the Cowboys. Okay. I just thought I'd burn that out there. The Washington football team, plus 260 odds. Their defense is, is raw. That's yeah. and, and Fitzpatrick can win football games. And so all he's got to do is just play smart and get the ball at Scary Terry out there and have the defense run over people. But the Washington football team, I think, in a very, very shit division – are the most talented team on the defensive side of the football, not the most talented team on the offensive side of the football because it's still the Cowboys, but their defense is not near there. So I'm going to give the edge to the Washington football team to win in the NFC East at, two, at plus 260. I ever tell you how grateful I am for the Washington football team? And you know why? Because Dan Snyder takes role of worst owner in the NFL, and it can't be Mike Brown when Dan Snyder's an owner of the team. That's true. So, uh, and speaking of the Bengals, my first line is the Bengals to win exactly five games on FanDuel is right now plus five hundred. It would be which which five games do you have winning? Well, I I would have to get the schedule pulled up here, but (laughs) they won four last year. It would make sense that they would continue to trend upward because I think they got better here. I'll give me. I want your five wins. 
because you're not going to say the Broncos. That's not going to happen. Oh, I um, <laughs> Okay. Uh, I think they beat the Bengals. Or not. <laughs> the, the, the Bengals, hey, you uh, heard it first, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. The Bengals oh. are going to beat the Bengals. Holy do, shit. Do you spell Cincinnati with two Ts? Somebody help me out, okay? Yeah, you're, you're about to lose your fanship. <laughs> you were this close. They, to, I think they already revoked my fan card, which is, you know, it's okay. I took a dig at Skyline Chili. It was my own fault. Uh, I think they beat the Vikings. Okay. I think they beat the Jaguars. Okay. That's two. I'll take. I'll, I'll agree with both of those. They, they beat the Lions. Okay, I'll agree with that. I don't know. That's going to be a toss-up, I feel like. The Vikings, you're going to lose one of the Vikings or Lions game, I think. Uh, Just keep, keep, keep going. Just keep going. I think they could beat the Chargers. No, I don't I know do about that. I do think they could beat the Chargers, and I think that they'll at least – They'll beat the Ravens or Steelers at least once because they yeah, always beat the I Ravens will, yeah. or Steelers at they least once. They always do for whatever which reason. Would give, which would give me five. <laughs> I think possibly six because maybe they beat the Ravens and Steelers once each. That's, that's true. You know what? Maybe well, yeah, I do like that. What, what's the over-under on, on the I line? think their over-under is set at like three and a half games. Oh, I think I would take the over then. I would. Yeah, yeah, that's what – I think that was one of my off-the-hinges a few weeks yeah. ago. I was like, what the uh, – they, they won four games last year and they got better. And Joe Burrow's going to be healthy this year. Uh, Joe Burrow's going to be healthy this year. Knock on the wood. <laughs> Knock on all the wood. No, I know. Um, no, I think I think winning five games is not impossible for the Bengals team. Because they can surprise some people. And maybe, you know, they did get Trey Hendrickson on their defensive line. So they actually have a defensive push up front now. I, I, they didn't. They played against nobody. Tampa, play, Tampa Bay played nobody. I get that. But they did win. They beat the Super Bowl champs. That's they did win. Saying. I'll take they beat it. The Super Bowl champs. Uh, I just hope that the, I honestly I want I don't know if they'll beat the Broncos, but I want them to beat the Broncos because we'll be there, and I need to see the Bengals win a game in person. Uh, I have not seen the Bengals win a game in person. All I'm saying is I don't, may not trust Drew Locke, but I trust the fuck out of this defense, and I, that's why any of these. That's why the, I think the Broncos could be a wild card contender. I don't know. I'm going off completely out of line here, but. Because we play a really easy schedule. One of the easiest schedules in the NFL. We play a lot of young quarterbacks. One thing is young quarterbacks struggle with are good defenses. So, uh, what's, uh, what's your second beat that you, that you got? I am all aboard the hype train. White Sox to win the AL, a plus 270. I want Tim Anderson in the World Series. I don't want the Astros. No. The Yankees I would maybe watch. The Red Sox, no. I want the White Sox. Let's get the Bahamas in there. I want the White Sox, and I want Tim Anderson and his power bat in the World Series. I would pay a lot of – actually, no, I would not pay a lot What about the money. Rays? I feel bad for the Rays because they're like the Rockies of the AL, but they win because everyone fucking leaves them, but but they still win for whatever reason. 73 also, and 47. did you know what their attendance was on Monday night? At the Rockies game? No, at, at the Rays game. Well, I'll tell you what the Rockies attendance at the what the Rockies attendance Monday night was. Well, I don't. What was Five thousand people. Oh, nice. The Rockies, which was like a quarter capacity on Monday night, was twenty five thousand. I think we had more people in the stadium for our state championship football game. What the hell? Yeah. The teams are they're they're in the playoffs. I feel so bad. I mean, that state. I've never Apparently, been to Tampa. Tampa's not a baseball market. I mean, they're a fucking championship market, though. I mean, they fucking have a Super Bowl. They have a two Stanley Cups. Now, I guess the, they're missing the World Series for the trifecta, but no one's going to go to the Caves, I guess. That, I didn't. How not, sad is that, man? 5,000 people? It's almost like, why would you even report that? 
Yeah, like, like no, we're we're shut down. Like we're limited capacity because of COVID. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we, the COVID cases are spiking in Tampa Bay. Yeah. We gotta slow this down. Well, they a little are, bit. but that's not the reason. Nobody nobody <laughs> showed up anyways. Come on, guys, don't don't I get it just, twisted. I, I felt so bad when I heard that stat, and I was like, oh my god, that's that's tough for a playoff team too. Yeah, and it really like they're the they, I think they have the best record in baseball. Maybe they're seventy three and forty seven. They're tied with the Brewers. They're with the Brewers for second, and then the Giants are seventy-seven and forty-two. The Giants, yeah, the Giants have been best rolling. team in baseball. Yeah, who would have thought? Wow, wow. Okay, my uh, my second beat that I got. This one is from the Barstool Sportsbook. Um, so, it, like I said, Colorado, you're now able to play in the Barstool Sportsbook. They have some pretty fun ones. They have a lot of parlays that they like to do. Uh, but the <laughs> Buffalo Bills in the Barstool Sportsbook right now to win the Super Bowl plus twelve hundred. To win the Super Bowl, I don't know about going that far. Plus twelve hundred. The Bills still have a running game. Josh they, Allen. Yeah, like that. I I like their defense. I love Josh Allen. Josh Allen's the running game. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they got a. They, they didn't get better. That's the way I see it. They didn't get better. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I don't. I, I like the Bills. I will. Not, I, I won't say anything bad against Bills Mafia. I'll tell you that. My last beat of the week, I'm going, like I said, I watch UFC every weekend. My favorite thing to bet on in the world, I was betting on a lot of Summer League because I was like, fuck it, I'm betting on Summer League because I have nothing better to do. So now I'm betting on UFC this weekend. The main event, we have Kevin Gastelum versus Jared Cannonier. Hmm. I'm picking Gastelum as the, the vet at plus 140. Gastelum always finds himself in fights like replacing somebody, and now he finally got a training camp for Cannonier. Cannonier's on a hype train, and... I'm just not going to bet against Gaslam because Gaslam is a dog. He is, but he's kind of... He's getting older, I know. I, yeah, I don't know if he's maybe passed over into gatekeeper status because he was... Like, his fight with Izzy is, is all time. Yeah, 100%. So, that. he and, was and at... that Aussie Dome or a Marvel Dome or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, he was at one point on the precipice of being the middleweight champion and then just fell apart in his next couple fights, so... I kind of think maybe he missed his window, and, and I think that's why they're giving Cannon near Gastelum because that's a name that he could build himself off of. But plus 140 and, and a Wiley vet like that, who knows? But uh, I'd, I'd be interested to see how that one goes. My last line that I got is also from Barstool, it, and CU is plus 6,600 6, 6, to win the Pac-12. That's going to be steep odds. That is. No, that's it is. But it's, that's Let me try to figure this out. Bet five or you bet one dollars, you get sixty six hundred dollars, right? Or am I being stupid? No, 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 no. Ten dollars, you get six sixty six hundred in profit. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, believe. I don't know. I'm not a math guy. I'm Why are you asking me math questions? I'm not a math guy. I mean, I don't know about the buffs. Just bet your money. Do it responsibly, though. The quarterback that was in the QB battle apparently tore his ACL. Well, the guy that was gonna start, so. I don't like that line find anymore. Find somebody who can get the ball to me. <laughs> yeah, find, just find Dimitri on the outside. And then let Van Dees go chase the quarterback. That's all you got to do. Um, that's good. That's going to do it for Beats of the Week. And now we get to finish up with Player and Play of the Week. Uh, who do you got for Player of the Week? My Player of the Week, I'm going Bones. Like I said, the Bones, the Bones show, the busy Bones. The dude had like... 30 people at every Summer League game. Like He had his own little fat fan section. And people... I thought this was hilarious. They asked him, I was like, well, where'd you get, because his real name was Nashawn um, Highland. Mm. And I, I, I don't know how to spell his first name. I'm sorry, but it's Nashawn Highland. And they were like, how'd you get the nickname Bones? And he was like, I always stay busy. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this guy's a dog. Mm. And and he, 
he the Nuggets went zero and three the first three preseason games, and then won the last two. And this dude was was. I, I swear he had 15 points the last the first half of the last game he played in 15 points zero turnovers that's your point guard in a summer league game where the Nuggets were averaging like 15 fucking turnovers a game because it's turnover fest during summer league because sometimes the offense just gets wild and the ball flies everywhere but it's not to have that stat line this dude will have a place on this team in the future. I don't know if it's this year. I don't know if it's next year. But he has a place in this league. And this kid, like I said, the 26th pick had, was the second lead, highest leading scorer in Summer League. People with Bones nicknames normally tend to do pretty well for themselves. True, yeah. Hopefully he doesn't bring all the other baggage that goes yeah, along true, with that yeah. nickname. But uh, he, he showed a, a lot. The posse early on is a little bit worse. I thought it was hilarious. I love like, it. it makes, I would want to be that way. I would, I would love to sit next to them at a game. I would, I would enjoy the fuck out of it. Yeah. Oh. It might be, it would be, you would probably be a learning experience. Uh, my player of the week is another Denver guy, KJ Hamler. I mentioned him earlier, but two receptions, 105 yards, and a touchdown. This is your playmaker. This is your guy. This is your Tyreek Hill. We, you either learn how to combat the teams that beat you all the time or you try and do what they do just a little bit better. And right now they got Jerry Judy, Corlin Sutton. People aren't going to be able to worry about K.J. Hamler when they have two two of those guys on the outside. And don't forget good old 87 took Noah fan too. Yeah, the God middle of the it, field we, might if, be open. We, if we had a fucking quarterback it's consistent, maybe we do this you year. You do, Buzz Lightyear. Oh, man. Buzz Lightyear, you're in Teddy Two Gloves. I'm hopeful. We would be a fucking... Super Bowl contender with a competent quarterback. That's all I'm gonna say. My play, now now for play of the week, like you said, you uh, you uh, foreshadowed this a little bit earlier. But Greg Brown the third on on Tuesday night had himself one of the craziest in game dunks. You see the behind the back dunks. You see the windmills. The guy went in between the legs through the hoop for the for a breakaway dunk too. And the whole world, the whole NBA Twitter was buzzing. And this dude then followed up 10 minutes later with a putback dunk over another guy. So I'm going to go with the between the legs dunk because there were some insane dunks during the um, the one the other night. I can't think of the guy's name. Oh, it might have been Jalen Johnson from Duke, the guy who dropped pretty low to the Hawks. But he cocked it back on this dude. And I caught an alley-oop and was insane. Like I said, these, these are all – this is – it's the – Drew League, everyone know who's a hoop fan of the Drew League. How, how it's like the summer basketball league. That's that on steroids because there's a bunch of guys that are just trying to fight for jobs and and are are just trying to ball, bust their ass and win games and it's so much fun to watch. Those windmill dunks are kind of like the big plays we're talking about on special teams. If you want to equate it even more to preseason, that's how you make like if you put a windmill dunk on tape, they're gonna watch the windmill and they're like, maybe we should check, check maybe, out maybe what else this other guy second look, yeah. yeah. Let's go back and see what he, what he did in the rest of the game. Uh, for play of the week, I want to start off with a dishonorable mention. I I gave him a little bit of pity, and he didn't get my bench warmer of the week. But uh, Tim Tebow did not look like a tight end. Oh, that block! What was worse well, though? You can't call the that a block. Second block was you, worse. Yeah, no, but you can't you can't call that a block. No, it wasn't. It was, a, it was an effort. Can't call though. that a block because you played that. You've done I that. Know, I've done uh, that exact done play. That play. I know yeah. exactly what to do during that play. <laughs> then did you see also? He was like running a little streak route and tried to sit he it down was in the middle. Too. Yeah, he, he like let oh, the other guy oh. catch the ball. No, I think he threw it to Tebow, and the other guy was still moving because Tebow got to the top of his route and stopped, which is not what you're supposed to do. Oh. It was just standing there like, 
if you've seen Varsity Blues, in my head, I heard Billy Bob. This isn't the dumbass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost, is it? He just did not know what to do. So, disrespectful mention Tim Tebow for attempting to play tight end. The, the play that everyone was watched, the, the play where you completely whiffed the guy, too, or he got blown up, the next play is worse. Like it was like, look at the like look. Just Does look it up, get worse? It, like it was worse. The dude Tebow like lunged forward, and oh. if you know that position, you don't fucking lunge no. at a wing spot. You lunge, you're done for. The your defender's right by you, and you're done for. So I was I was already worried about how he'd stand up to a power move. Apparently, he he's got the quarterback aversion to contact. He doesn't he doesn't block like he ran. Honestly, though, this makes me feel better, though, because I'm glad he didn't do this earlier on in his career. Like, Maybe. like, think about it, right? Maybe. Like, at least, at least he tried to be quarterback, and he was like, you know what, I'm done. Then he tried baseball. He's lived the life. Like, he has. He, but do you think that maybe people are going to, if he wants people to have selective memory and just forget the fact that he tried out for, because they already have selective memory about his time with the Broncos. No, 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 no. Selective, they're... All Broncos fans love cherish Tim Tebow. There is we we don't they say also try and say that he didn't get a fair shot. No, 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 no. We don't say that either because is, fucking Peyton Manning yeah. came in the next year. We have nothing but love for Tim Tebow because he was the bridge guy to Peyton Manning. So there's nothing but love for Tim Tebow in this city. That SNL skit's gonna live on forever. It really is. So it, it makes sense. Uh, but my real play of the week: Tim Anderson's walk off homer in the field really of dreams. Though. Even though he beat my bombers. That Every, was the the, the slow mo of him yeah. going like this and 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 the fireworks and oh it was sweet. It was a perfect moment. It was that's the moment you dream about. I've had that moment a million times playing in the backyard, just imagining the game. So it was cool for him, and it was a cool moment for the MLB in general. Uh, but yeah, Tim Anderson got my play of the week, and uh, that's going to bring us to an end here on this episode of The Far End of the Bench. Thank you guys for tuning in and checking us out. It's a little bit different, a little bit changed up, but I think it was still good stuff. And like we said, the NFL season's coming back. You guys know we're going to be packed with the NFL analysis and everything. Uh, but don't forget, Friday, we have another interview coming up. We had our bonus uh, episode with Kendrick on our last one, and we have Scott the Huff, former producer of the morning show at 104.3 The Fan, the ESPN radio station out here in Denver, and now host of the uh, the Huff Uncensored podcast. He's going to come on and tell us some wacky stories, and we'll get his opinion on the Broncos and everything like that. Um, so that be on the lookout for that. And uh, you'll still be able to hear these episodes Wednesdays. I think I might be putting them out at 11 a.m. just because we won't have to worry about the live showing anymore. And uh, the YouTube videos will still come out on the same timeline, everything like that. Be sure to subscribe far into the bench, ring the notification bell, and uh, be sure to leave a like and a comment and everything like that. Interaction is key. We will go back and forth with you guys. You just got to um, reach out and interact with us at FEOTB pod, all of our social medias. And uh, our link tree is in our bio, but we got some cool things in the works and we got a lot of things planned. So it's a transition. It's a change. It's a start to year two. But hey, it's going to continue to go up from here. Year two is going to be booming. I'll tell you that. I hope you guys enjoy all the new stuff. Like I said, or we, we, we didn't change everything, but we changed a few things because we, we had to update some things. We have a new intro to YouTube. Hope you guys enjoy too. Like, There's a lot of things that we're, we're, we got more time to do more stuff now. Let's just put it that way. There isn't, a lot of, there isn't much holding us back anymore. We can do what we like, whenever we like, and we can make our own content in our own way. So we're very, very 
very excited about that because um, this year two, year one was a this is going well. Year two is like, all right, we know what the fuck we're doing. We're now starting to establish some connections. Yeah, if well, if th- some things start to work out, you, you guys are going to be pretty impressed by some of the updates that we have coming forward. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. But uh, with that, this has been Far End of the Bench, episode 53, with myself, Jimmy Pilato, my co-host, Nico Bryant. We will when see you guys next week. Peace. This is a dollar bill piece. Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them prices that made it a habit. Towing them pistols and serving them addicts. That was exciting to me. I'm so excited to be. Started with nothing, we had to inspire to be. Elephants again, head me. I'm getting to it. Feel like the man. I got the plan. I call the shooters, they hop at the van. Play with the squad, get piled like a slam. Piled like a perk. I'm going here. I'm going crazy. I'm here. We're sticking up for niggas. That music, I got a little concern. I'm in the kitchen, compressing the bird. Take out the nine and I sell